Welcome, everybody, to another episode of A Conversation With here on Keyboard Kimura. I'm your host, E. Spencer Kite. Excited for this one. This is the one that I teased last week. We were going to do it. Travel issues got in the way. There was no way I was going to make this man do this show on no sleep after a hellacious day of travel. This weekend, he was described as the best translator in sports by no greater authority, no lesser authority, I should say, than Luke Thomas. That was co-signed by Dan Helly, who said, hands down, and on top of it, he's a great dude. I co-signed both. He is UFC translator, international man of mystery, Fabiano Busquet. Thank you, my friend, for doing this. How are you? Um, everything great. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. I I was in awe of the, um, uh, not only just the feedback of, of I mean, just, it, it was uh, on top, one thing on top of another. First, I see the, the tweet from from um, from Luke, and then I see Dan, and then people seconding it, and it's just like these are people that just they have a lot going for them. They have a lot of experience. They've they've seen. It's just like that, you know, I think he's like a, uh, is it a farmer's commercial that says, um, we've seen a thing, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Uh, <laughs> they, they've seen some things and some stuff. And to hear from them, it's just an honor, obviously. I, I, I know it sounds like very samurai, but um, it's, um, it's, a, it's an honor and then a privilege. I never thought in my lifetime that I was going to have this kind of experience um, and this kind of success um doing something like this and just three years later here i am and i'm i'm always very honored to actually get that kind of feedback so i thank you for for your opinion as well because you've seen some things and some stuff (laughs) i've seen a few things we will get to some of the success and some of the things you've been doing and how that recognition has grown and how you've gotten to this place but we start as always how and when did you fall in love with combat sports so um as a Brazilian, even though I'm now an American citizen as well, I'm a U.S. citizen now, um, was born and raised in Brazil, and particularly, especially, uh, not just being from Brazil, but being from Curitiba. It's If there's one sport in this world, it is if there's actually one thing in this world that um, Curitiba will be known for on a global um, stage, what would it be? MMA. Right, it, it is. It is. Uh, you hear of, you, you hear of the days of Shudabogs. You hear of Lenderley Silva. You hear of Anderson Silva. You hear of the Shogun Brothers. It's like it's, it's just. It's a lot of things going on there. Um, and there's for each Brazilian city. There's there's soccer, obviously, uh, in the forefront of everything. And there's always something else. Something that because of the just uh, geography, perhaps. I mean, we have some a lot of coastal cities, a lot of people surf. We, we've had a tradition of volleyball in certain areas, especially where they put the training centers. Um, we have some places where a lot of people, people love skateboarding. And, and, and then there's basketball in certain areas, but then MMA became the same. Obviously, good old Vale Tudo, right? Everything goes. So that was the thing. And um, while other parts of the country were just paying attention to the sport, the second sport that they uh, grew to, to to be fans of, uh, people in Curitiba were, you know, watching some pride, and, <laughs> right. and it, so it goes back. It's in a day, and um, it's one of the places. Except, I mean, Rio, obviously, right? 
the Rio tradition, we know exactly why and the reasons. I mean, it just goes back back to the Gracies and Jiu-Jitsu and um, that 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 tradition there. But to go into bars and watch the UFC was a very common practice for all of us, and um, it goes way back. So it, it it's actually insane that. I saw so much of that nearby and then I saw so much of that grow, meaning like it became really distant to me and like to be involved in something like this. And then I end up in Vegas, which, right. you know, you know what happens when you're here, like it's like, it, 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 you if you're here, yeah. the, 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 you can't, you can't. And it's uh, it goes to show like what some of the things that happen to me in my personal life now, people even ask me like, oh, you have recognized in the street when you're doing stuff or you're sitting somewhere? And like, I do. And it's not just because of the fact that people are really nice to me. And it's a, it's a, it's a very closed and very hard to go into community. But I've been really welcomed and everyone's been so nice from, the people that deal with this in the UFC, the people that are in front of the camera, behind the camera, the people that do production, and even the, like the fans and everyone in the media, everyone has welcomed me a lot. But in Vegas, you if you if you're associated with combat sports, and that goes back to boxing, obviously, like people do recognize you yes. for something they do in Las Vegas more than anywhere else. This is this is a mecca for it. This is the this is the world the the, the, the capital of the universe as far as uh combat sports right so it's a it's a it's pretty insane uh, to go and to be here now and to walk around i was like oh my god this place breathes combat sports and obviously mma and particularly the ufc so as a child growing up you and i are the same age so by no means is this a like hey back when you back when you used to be young as you're growing up though in Corchiba, where it's it's huge. It's it's growing. It's blossoming. It's oh as yeah. you said, everybody that is everybody at a time is is coming from there. How yeah. much are you not necessarily involved, but are you you know a teenager watching, going to events, or is it just that it's immersive yeah. because it's around you that you can't help but know who all of these people are and see some of it. Um, half half. There is the fact that is. It is around you to the fact that you're in bars and they're they're showing. I mean, they're bars that were not showing any sports. And actually, they still had um, uh, combat sports from overseas showing. But you see them there as well. I mean, there are many times in which I was just running in the park back at home, and I used to bike around a certain park that we have there. It's famous and. Um, Vanderlei Silva was was running. So it's like it's which is right. insane too because it's there. Also, there's a shift in perception, something that the UFC has retaught me and, and or uh, taught me in a, in a deeper way. I, I think we need to understand how nice people in combat sports are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's I think there's obviously a perception that these people are wired different. What they are, they they are, which they are, they're they're wired differently, but they get a lot of stuff out of their system. They beat the crap out of a lot of things, including people, <laughs> meaning that they, I mean, there's a lot, there's a piece to them and there's a, like a niceness that, that it's, um, and it kind of reminded me of the interactions I had, had like, it, again, at the park, just, Wonderly Silva was always smiling at people. Right. That's a great, like I've been in the, the, cage, in the, the moment like, in the cage, he looks like a lunatic and he looks like the nickname, the ax murderer. But then when you see him elsewhere or you meet him 
even in the UFC days, but I'm sure before that as well, gracious with his time. Very much so. Wonderfully and... warm and engaging individual who isn't sitting there, standing there, talking to you, doing the hand roll, yeah. thinking about ways to decapitate you. He's yes. hanging Which out again, and wanting to be a good person. Let's get this out of the way. He could. Yes. But he chooses not to. Yes. And we're very appreciative of the fact that he chooses not to is already. But it it it's uh it it's insane because I've been to places that like stuff just kind of was getting heated. I mean, people obviously they're listen, Brazil, um late at night, we don't have much curfew, we always go out very late. Places I used to go to like went very, very late, very bohemian. Um life i mean it, when people talk about vegas i mean just chill all right like i'm sorry you, you guys don't know what 24 hours is. even vegas doesn't know what 24 hours is. you just know the lights are on at 24 hours but us is like the people are on 24 <laughs> hours it's a there's a different it's a different thing oh yeah this place this, the establishment is open yeah great let, let me tell you when the people are open for business like very late so i've been to bars and like you know dudes get macho after a certain time and you start with a good old like shoulder bump it's like i was always like the type of guy that's like like touching people going oh man just like let me go through here like i was always that kind of person to try to be a first of all i'm not gonna get into a fight all right this is it i'm not going to get into it. You, you know you don't you don't want to do that but some people get very uh um i guess they the testosterone goes up a notch uh as as they drink and as the night progresses and they're the, the, the some of the fighters that I, I'm talking about were the calmest people in the building. Right. They're like, no, no, what, what's going on? Like, I've, I've actually seen them. Some of the, the, the large dudes go, what's going on? Just chill. Let's go each our separate ways. And and that's it's actually that was a fascinating thing because it's kind of changed my perception as well. Um, yeah. And then even like, you know, I, I've had a life in like football as well and um, in, in a major university. Well, obviously, the Penn State for four, four, two or four years when I was in college, we were um, ranked number one in the nation. And football players are just like the nicest people. They're cool. I mean, they go through a lot to, to, to be in a Division One school and play the Big Ten. So just like they're the, the coolest people. So that, that, that that's a change of perception from someone that is not from there. I wasn't by no means a, 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 an athlete of, of high level, a high performing athlete at any point in my life. So. So when did you figure out that you had a fascination with languages, that you were good with language, that words and dialect was something that piqued your interest? I'm very young. Um, I, um, I'm from the, fam the family itself. I mean, just like many people in Southern Brazil, we have somewhat of a European descent. I come from half half of the family has a Ukrainian Austrian background and the other side of the family is um, Northern Italy um, background with a little bit of Polish in there that just might immigrate it. So that uh, I got exposed to English, first of all, I, I, I fell in love with football at a very young age. Right. So let's look at that out of the way. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to football. We'll get, we'll, get to to, we'll get to when did you and why did you and how did you and why the Eagles and all of these questions. I, I know. Yeah. Because, um, well, I'm a nice person, but I guess I'm not that nice. So um, but the thing is, just I heard languages in the in the household, uh, not from like curiously not for the Italian side of the family. 
all eating related, like all just all the like food and just stuff for my grandma. She's like 92 now. So like I've, I've gone through, through the entire phase of her cook, cooking for, for a battalion. Um, but the, the, my dad, my late dad's side, um, they spoke Ukraine. They, they actually, the, the, my grandparents yelled at each other in Ukrainian. So that's fine. It was funny. That's a, that was pretty hilarious. And I just thought it was, first of all, it's a little club, right? You speak another language, you're in another right. place. It just, it's like, you know, that feeling of pride a lot of us have. I think that some of the people that are more intellectually, um, I want to say, uh, curious, they, there's a sense of pride in getting inside jokes and references. Like there's a thing, like I got, I got this. And I thought it was pretty cool. Exclusivity, you know, the, the originality of it all. Um, I, and this is, I, and I think we, we, I haven't gotten to this conversation with anybody uh, ever since I started doing this and people ask me questions and brought me on board for, for, for shows. But when I was a kid, um, I was, I went to, I mean, it was the, there was a, the school that I, that I went to, it was a, there's an Orthodox Catholic, um, semi-Orthodox Catholic, the Ukrainian church associated with the with school, right? Like across the street. So we did stuff there and they asked me, and I, and I not kidding you, they asked me, they asked us I mean, we, to learn a little bit of Ukrainian and to actually, um, put, you know, the gear, just put some traditional clothing. So you got the, 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 the white shirt or like almost right. no collar here with the little, you know, things embroidered, like yeah. Like down to there. yeah, very well embroidered. And, um, we were to say a couple of sentences. Okay. And this is the, I think this is my first recollection of BSing people correctly. <laughs> uh, I, it was a special day and people, when we went there and we, we did the presentation and when I was supposed to say my thing, I memorized it really well. I validated it with the nuns to see if I was saying the right thing. And I put my hand on my heart. And I just went like this and, re- and just like went kind of deep and did stuff like this. There were older gentlemen and ladies, I mean, the elder, the, the, the OGs of the OGs, that they were crying and emotional. I thought I was like eight, man, or something. And they, um, they said that uh, it was beautiful and to come back to the homeland um, because of the way that I actually said said it got that the sentence itself was pretty powerful i would admit so i was like i was like oh my god this has a meaning this has a this has a it's very interesting unfortunately that that wasn't a thing for that side of the family to teach uh they, they taught the women so my two aunts who ended up in philly uh they were kind of raised to be nuns so they were just you know the men no like you're going out to the world, so my dad didn't speak Ukrainian. My right, my my uncle didn't, but the two aunts they came to America, married Ukrainian Americans, and they had two daughters each and fly around Northeast Philadelphia. So they ended up like just this they, they, the ecosystem. By the way, when I came to Philly a couple of times, it was all like Ukrainian Americans. So that was like a thing, right? Well, and then and then it got me in the sports part. When very young and just shortly after that, I watched um, 
Uh, they had the, the just like they had the ABC Worldwide World Sports here. Right. No, that there was a channel in Brazil. One of them was very responsible. Now they do have the UFC um, in Brazil on the contract. Now it's called Bund, right? Bundedance. Uh, they were called the 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 sports channel. They were they were they called themselves you know it was network television, but they had sports. All they had the the sports show. I'm not going to even go into the Portuguese saying of this, but they used to sports show was like all Sunday morning. I mean, you, it's all Sunday from the from like you um, 23, you whatever soccer in the morning. All the right. way to like uh, highlights and and condensed versions of soccer games after after the the main ones at four p.m. Like it, and they they the one of the directors there was uh, famously like a Miami Brazilian kind of guy. Loved Miami, so he brought American sports, a lot of American sports to Brazil, like like to to um to the masses. Another channel had the Gillette World of Sports or something like that. World Sports special or something like that it was like a thing um that they just imported and it had like all sports in the world and the intros got me the fact that like they use music you know what was the difference between they always go back to espn right, right. what is the biggest thing that espn brought in 1979 and when the first sports centers happened like wait the highlights have music right this was a game changer people I mean, these young generations, they don't know what they mean. Everybody, it's now it's easy to crap on every channel. It's like, you don't understand what this is. Right. Like, All of a sudden. Yes. Like, we're used to seeing these boring highlights that look like local TV for the most part back in the day. And then all of a sudden, you see this one major sports network give you highlights with, like, music? What's going on? Like, now it's, like, part of it. Look at the intros. They get you. They get you when you're, when you're young and you're from overseas. And like, oh, my God, this is like it's not even just a Monday night football one. I'm talking about like sometimes they would put like some like I still I still think that to this day, the best sports song ever was the NFL on TNT intro from the early 90s. He had saxophone in the back. It was sexy. All right. I mean, let me let me get to the first time I watched it was like, oh, my God, I recorded it on the chest and I kept rewinding it for many times i i have it saved now because some nice. put on it. nice. I, I have i have that um it's it that that stuff attracts you and then you realize that you like the words and you like the the way that like football is a different sport and i really think that like football is the one sport that and i got i speak american let me get this out of the way i speak american english i had to make this comment on twitter today i speak american english so don't I'm already a Brazilian that speaks Spanish <laughs> from an Italian family. Right. You don't get to tell me what I need to call soccer. All right. All right. right. I, oh, it's football. Oh, fuck. I know. My bloodlines have nine World Cups. I'm. Do you mean to do? Do you really want me to go over how much football, fo- soccer I've watched in my life? I live here. It's called U.S. Soccer. It's right there. It's the right. Just can I just chill? Um, if I was Brit, if I spoke British English, I would definitely say football. In American football, but I don't. It's football, man. So I um, just football got me, and I think it's one of the sports that you really it pays to learn the language. Like you understand it. You're like it's just fascinating. It's just it's there's so much to it that the language has got me there. And I again, my cousins from Philly sent me a. I was already learning English. It's something that my my dad and my mom really want me to do. I've been don't hide it. Been very privileged with my education. Had the opportunity to learn the language, um, but you have to find a passion, right? Right. I once failed 
believe it or not, I failed one English semester in the English school. And people are like, why? Hold up. What had happened was it was doing the 90 World Cup. You are asking me that the teachers were mad at me. And they actually let me then when I passed it, they let me skip the level that I had missed because they're like, this is for you. This is for your understanding of you what you need to do. All right. You speak English. You you are good at this, but you didn't prepare right. for the classes because it was during the World Cup in 1990. My first full World Cup of watching all the games. I haven't missed a World Cup game since I was a kid. Like I mean, I watch all 64 um, and in 48 before. So like I've watched them all. Like yeah, um, I missed it. Um, but the language was there. I, I realized that like okay, I like you have to find a passion. So when I found a passion. And as American sports, it was late 80s, early 90s NBA. I just thought it was just interesting to know it in English. Again, is the whole right. club thing. Like, this is a club that I'm belonging to here. This, I understand this more. I understand right. the inside yeah. joke. Right. And I always thought it was very dynamic. English is perfect for sports. I, It's just amazing. It's just so it, – it sounds great. I, I, I recall from name – likeness and moment like most of the nfl flagship radio station voices i've talked right. to people like that from minneapolis and all of a sudden like what do you mean you know paul allen is like yeah like i, I talked to bulls fans that like yeah man you, i miss wayne larivy like he's because he's doing right the Packers. it's like how do you know this it's like you don't understand this means something to me all right i like voiceovers i like voices i think it just it adds to the thing it adds to the spectacle so i just uh I fell in love with the language. Like English was like a, well, the first one. I'm like, oh my god, this sounds good. It wasn't music, so a lot of people were like, oh, music. I had no music background. Like my, we're not a musical family. Like by no, we weren't. Um, music came for Spanish. Like it really got me because of the rhythm. I need right. Like, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not a lyrics guy. Don't, I couldn't care less for lyrics. I, the, the the beats. Like oh my god, Latino music. That's how I learned Spanish. That's the that's my catalyst for Spanish and people that as you get, as you grow older, you realize that, and this is the full circle from that Ukrainian situation until now languages bring you closer to people. Languages bring you closer to cultures. They will take you to places and open doors and um, even just a window of opportunity that you have never perhaps experienced. You expand things. It's, it's like about taste. Like people talk about, Oh, you need to watch this. You need to watch that. Like you don't understand. I'm stimulated by a lot of different languages and countries. So when people say, um, like even wa watching certain sports, uh, oh, paying attention to like the NBA regular season, like you're asking too much. You're asking uh, soccer asks too much of me. Right. So I don't watch the championships. Like I don't. I will watch if like Man City was going to face Arsenal and then have like perhaps a. A crossover towards the end, last week of the Premier League, maybe for, for that to, to, for something, right? For you right. to watch something. The last the last weekend of the Bundesliga, some crazy stuff happened. Let's watch that. I'll, I'll, I'm beyond, but don't ask me to watch one thirty eighth of a championship every week and tell me to do the same thing as the football, right? Or MMA. I I cannot. Right. Do that. It's hard, right? Neither neither can I anymore. It, Once I got into this. Uh, so you're, you're speaking my language 100% here. Cause once I got fully immersed into this, once this started being not just passion as a fan, 
yes. the thing that I was doing and wanting to get better at. You can't tell me that I need to go and watch the 38th game of an 82 game season. In no, or no, I mean, basketball, basketball held me for a long time and still, mm -hmm. still, still can pull me in for regular season games when it's certain yeah. players and whatever, but like baseball, very hard. And this is a generational problem they're, they're going to have to face. But right. I think some of the key things that you said, the first thing is not anymore. Right. Second, not doing this. And the third thing is immersed. Yeah. When you have those three things, we're describing adulting here. <laughs> I have a full-time job. Yeah. And I worked in the past three months an average of 10 hours a week with the UFC. Like on average. Okay, even like with cars that I wasn't working for something, but on average, that actually the past month was 15 hours. Okay, this is solid hours, charge hours that you have like that actually worked. You know, it wasn't just there's just the travel or being right. around there. This like is the actual actually, like working. Yeah. Yes, you try to be as I mean, you, you're honest with like the time that you're working. It's not like it was trying to helping people or something like that. That's actually charged. Right. So it's you look at that and like, oh my god, that's a lot. And then there's the, the your passions. First of all, if you have you gotta work out. We, we have to. We have to eat. We have to sleep. We have to take showers. We have to to, to hydrate. We have to have our our own time. Um, can I watch a movie once in a while or a documentary? Can I, you know, again the eating? Can I sit down once in a while without watching any content? I have to, you know, I like to walk around Vegas. Like, like I, so let me take a walk one of these days. But no, absolutely no, nothing on my mind. Um, the times they were sitting down and socializing with people. We could talk for four hours. It's like you add that up. And then if you have a significant other, if you have a family, if you have a pet to take care of, you have a house, like I have a commute, or I have to right. go for a, place, a couple of hours. If you have all those things, what I've said to many people is like we only have 100% of our attention, 100% of our time, 100% of our effort, 100% of our focus. We're, we, there's no such thing as 110%. There's no 110%. <laughs> We have 100% use it wisely. And and I know, funny thing, my day has 24 hours. I'm assuming yours as well. My week is just seven days. And our years basically have 365 days, 52 weeks, right? So the, no one's got, there's nobody with a 26-hour day or right. a 60-week year. We have a limited amount of time and space. The more you have to worry about other things, the less you can worry about others. And then for the past three years, I go for every single fight and I watch every single fight because right. when if I'm not working the card, I'm checking stuff out. And then you start seeing when was the comments are made during interviews, right? The pr production interviews, uh, they may be asked of uh, before the card, um, um, especially afterwards in a post fight interview, because that's a kind of a dire moment. You're there, right? I don't get to, to ask questions except for like when the four of course a fighter just goes off and says something that neither i or bisping understand so we have to look at each other and go what but if that doesn't happen someone's mentioning rankings someone's mentioning the less i mean even like the interview is mentioning mentioning a loss that happened so i try to watch the fights from the from the fighters just like they have to prepare um just try to understand um I mean, during press conferences at the uh, uh, whether it's at the apex or somewhere else when they're interviewing people it's very common to mention previous fights and things that happen yeah so 
that takes, yeah, and I, and it was a learning process too, a learning process of what I need to know, when, how often, and it just for information. And then, and then you start getting passionate about it. And here you're having discussions about rankings and matchmaking and you catch yourself right. doing the, the, you know, it's, it's insane because I was always a sucker for like realignment, like college football realignment, like with the NFL realigned divisions, like matchups at towards the end. If they maybe if they'll play a wild card there, this guy, oh god, even listen, I'm a sucker for Sunday night football flex procedures. Oh, it's great. Right. It's give just me the most I, important games. Give me a couple weeks before I'm like, real meaning. Oh, there's a possibility you, here. Fox yeah. going to protect his game. CBS going to protect his game. They might pick this one. Oh, yeah. maybe like. We're idiots. We're nerds. That's what we 100%. are. But yes. So whenever we're talking about rankings, we're like, yeah, but what about now? What is, would it be better for the UFC? And I'm like, I'm not Sean Shelby. I'm not Mike Maynard. I'm not, I'm not any of them. But everybody tries to play them, right? Like, yeah, we should. And it's 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 actually a pretty cool experience to actually be there next to the Octagon and see Sean and Nick there when the fight is, like, really good and the matchmaking was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> It's like they're like – Yes, like it, it worked. You know, it came from to fruition, right? But it's 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 about time, time, um, and I'm there all the time. I live at the apex. <laughs> so you mentioned in there, and there's there's a lot to unpack in there. You mentioned a full time job, and we don't have to go into the detail of it. But you do yeah. have a full time day job, yes. as, we, as we will call it. We'll throw up the scare quotes. Yeah, yeah. How how do you find any sort of balance in life? in between those two things in between being as ridiculously prepared for your part-time freelance gig that takes up a lot of time and also just life. Um, it's hard. Okay. Um, it's, uh, I've had, I, I used to live in Orlando. Orlando's a second home to me and forever will be a second home to me, no matter, um, where I am. I consider you didn't like, Orlando to be more of a second home to me than my hometown. I'm, uh, I was there plenty different voluntarily. I went to Orlando. It's like friends after 30 years old and over 30, like you kind of pick and choose them. So I kind of chose Orlando back when I was a young adult. Um, I had a different quality of life there. And I had different things that I really enjoyed doing that I had to do that I got to do there that I, that I always do there that I don't get to do here. So it's a, obviously there's a trade-off, but I would say that um, you have to be, first of all, I'm very grateful for the opportunity I had here. I, I'm grateful for, for for the job that I had and the industry that I've been to. I've been in the travel industry for quite some time. It's something that, again, it just adds fuel to the fire of the languages and demographics and people and cultures. And uh, it's just, it, I think if there's an intrinsic value of bringing enough travel um, with so much out there being like so you know commercially aggressive out there you can you can be numbers focused in the world of travel distribution and and feel that you're there's something good in what you know which is you know it's not something that a lot of people can say about um other sales oriented or, or business oriented jobs um i obviously time management is a, is a big thing and uh, you just have to pick your spots and and I don't have it's again. There are certain areas of my life that I don't, I don't have certain responsibility. Would I have the same amount of time if I had a child? 
would I, would I would I have the same amount of time as if I was married? I most I don't know. Most likely not as much. Right. And I'll probably have to hear a couple of things. Maybe, maybe you would, but it wouldn't be going well on those two fronts. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> or it would not be going well when the ones that, or it wouldn't have, uh, it wouldn't or the have work that, wouldn't uh, be going as well. Traction yeah, in the ones all... that you mentioned. So, um, um, I'm always connected to my full-time job because I like it. And because there are no hours, like I, I'm the one in the West coast, I work in travel distribution. So basically our company is the, the leading travel and tech company in the in the um, in the uh, distribution space for B two C B two B for so we actually provide uh, you can go to an online travel agency and buy any component of travel you can buy your hotels you can buy the flights you can buy bundled stuff bundled product we provide them hotel inventory we provide credit card companies that you all know any bank or any credit card company that has a hotel. Pack, uh, the hotel it, as a component of travel. It's very hard to source hotels. It's very hard to go and contract every single hotel in the book. We have 300,000 hotels contracting. So it, it's every company is a tech, is a technology company now. But this is what we do. So the bank, the, the credit card, the online travel agency, the specific travel agency. You want to do bungee jumping in, in, um, in New Zealand. And obviously that there are, that's the new, the future of the travel agent is that, right? Be more right. curated. That's a word that everybody loves. Right. Right. Curated. Yes. This is more catered to an audience, uh, whether it's family, whether it's singles, whether it's adventure, whether it's like, I don't know, you want to, you want to take your dog to, to do a dog park somewhere in Europe. All right. There's that too. You want to do a full on uh, eating experience in, in, in Italy. There's that's the travel agent. There's there's rewards programs as well. There's corporate travel. All of those they have to source hotels, and we the company they work for hotel beds is uh, one of the biggest sources for that. Um, very, uh, it's a very understanding company as well in the sense that uh, most of us are remote. Being the one guy in the West Coast of entire team of people that are um, uh, pretty much our, our headquarters in, our, in the United States are in Orlando. The company is from Spain. So people are f- traveling all over the world. And, 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 and whatever happened with the pandemic actually changed a lot, especially because I've been in a, the, the tech, some of the tech part of it all. I'm always on a computer. So um, I'm okay in the laptop. Like I don't even know how to deal with the desktop anymore. And to tell you the truth, I have a very hard time watching TV on a TV set. Because oh, I'm always on. Like, right. Yeah, I'm always, you're always on iPads like I, I'm on tablet like I've 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 watched the NFL on a tablet um I've had access to uh, uh you know all the games and, and whatever package it is is game pass international Sunday ticket forever so I have pretty much set up shop whether it was at a coffee shop restaurant a beach a place but Laptop I'm there and tablet and that's there you go that's okay. and it and I navigate well. So people that people like some people at work have been asking me like, why do you, why are you in our, your calls on your phone? Well, my phone is always in the stand right next to me. The computer is here. This is the screen that I work with. I ask them, don't you're at home, right? Yes. With your family, right? With your kids, with your dog. And let me guess, you have a second screen. Yes. Well, and I'm looking at you from the side and I've been looking at you for years on the side. The only difference is my first screen is my phone. My second screen is my laptop. And that's just, you get used to it. 
right. I asked for this. Be, be careful what you wish for. I've always <laughs> wanted to travel. I've always wanted to work right. in travel. I always wanted to speak languages. I wanted. I always wanted to work with sports and television in some capacity and have variety. Well, I got it. Now, there you go. man up. Get yeah. eight hours of sleep. You know, drink your fluids. Uh, eat your fruit and drink your vegetables and do that kind of stuff. Okay, we'll get to some. We'll get back to work stuff here in a minute. But we gotta we gotta knock off a couple of these important things that I need <laughs> that I need clarification on. Okay, so why <laughs> so, so why the Philadelphia why the Philadelphia Eagles? I guess I'm an asshole. Of, uh, of all the teams, why the Eagles? Because as I said, um, you and I are about the same age, I believe, yeah. 40, 44. Not to give away your age, I, I apologize. I'm 40. I, I just turned 40. Just turned so 40. Correct. I was around. Just respect your elders. I just want to say this. <laughs> I'll be there at the end of October. It's fine. <laughs> You're not that Good. much of an elder. Um, I mean, of all the teams, we're the same age. Eagles for a number of years back when I was, you know, teen getting into football. Yeah, you know, the, you know, some good defenses. Randall Cunningham were interesting, but we didn't quite get where we want to go. What was it about them that made them? Made uh, the team? So what happened was, um, again, there was a little bit of a connection just from knowing and just from just from the recall part. Um, family that ended up in, in Northeast Philly, so I knew all of them. Uh, thought it was a pretty cool logo, nickname, and everything else. But then, obviously, right away. Um, there was getting to know the, the make the decision right. So one of the first things that I saw, like, like images of football, all right, and just that whole thing was just the the again, the imagery of football, the 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 the, the sensitive experience, the, the 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 experience of watching it on in front, having it in front of me. It was the fog ball. So you get the fog ball and you're like, oh, what game was this? But again, like one of those shows that show like in, in, in football, this right, it gives you this happen. So the shows this guy running around had 400 yards and yet the team didn't score like 12 points. Uh, Randall Cunningham. And then obviously start watching a little bit and just the defense is nasty. And that's one of the biggest differences between American sports and other sports, no matter where in the world. I don't recall. Of course, you could talk about like Switzerland soccer for back in the day or like Italy. They always had this thing with the defense, right? But I mean, again, just I don't know. All right. There were there were big Italian strikers. There was a big there's right. no culture that if 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 Italians cared that much about defense, we wouldn't be like that when we go out and talking to people. All right. We we are right. very we're very forward. All right. So there's don't uh, we're not that much defensive. The fact that in sport, American sports, defense was such a big thing. Like, I loved watching Jordan Steele. I thought it was a skill. You know, getting into passing lanes, just right. nagging an opponent, taking the ball away, knowing the timing of it. I always thought it was an art. Um, even when you're playing video games now, we're back. Obviously, we're going to date ourselves again when we're playing our right. 8-bit to 16-bit video games. Blocking was hard, man. Blocking right. was hard. Uh, I mean, it was it, it was a kind of like a sense of pride and pleasure yeah. when we got steals in again, a Again, it's Lakers a timing Celtics. thing. Remember? Yeah. Lakers versus Celtics, like Bulls versus Lakers and all yep. that stuff. Then we got da-da-da-da-da. When we actually stole the ball, there you go. It was like a thing. 
Um, football is the ultimate defensive sport. Right. It's an entire unit. And I think that the most beautiful moment in sports, all sports, is a pick six. The frustration on an entire <laughs> the fr- I mean, there's a, there's a whole pretty boy side of the quarterback. There's an expectation. There's an entire like a mindset if you go through a drive and it's just building up this crescendo, which was going to be a score. And all of a sudden, Deion Sanders, or was it uh in my case, it was um Eric Gallen, or right. you know, eventually Mr. Ed Reed. Coolest man alive. Um, it is all these people. They just they got it. I thought it was. I love defensive backs. That was the thing that I was like, wow. That you get to frustrate. You get to you back like right. you, you're not expected to do this. And you everything is tailored out. against you. All the and rules boom. now are made for protect the quarterback, build the offense, and then you get to be that guy that's like, and we're, boom, we're, we're going this way for six. There you go. And I just thought it was amazing. I thought it just an entire statement. And then a pick six and a home for the home team. Right. It's just a, it's a, it's a momentum building thing, which is right. It just, and it's insane. It turns the game around. It turns the dynamic of the game. So I just thought it was fascinating. That Eagles defense was lovely. I mean, it was, it was amazing. I mean, you look at every single one of those. There are books written about the 92 Eagles, um, which was just a culmination of those 88, 89, 90 Eagles. Um, that's when I was, it was my formative years in English right. football, sports, culture. And, and I got to see something that a, a very wise man that, that actually uh, devised the product. He's from, um, he's from Canada. Lives, I used to work for a company from a product that was a, a company I ran outside of Toronto, Belleville. And um, he lived in Whistler because, because it's cool like that. Um, this, this, this man, very smart said, you know, he was talking about my life. He always thought I was, I did cool things. And he always said, hey, I think you're going to do much more in your life. And he said, but it's going to take a long time. I said, why? Because it, it seems that some, some things matter to you. And when it matters to you, it takes a long time. You're, it, it, it just, it's going to be hard, it, but it don't, don't give up on it, but it, it, it matters. Right. So going back to the Eagles, um, that defense, the uh, Washington beats Buffalo. Great Washington team. The Lions were in the NFC Championship game. How how far back is that? Then um, following year, the Bills. I'm sorry. Actually, go, let's go back. The great, the first Super Bowl that I watched live. Okay, this is just for context. First Super Bowl I watched live. Eternal Super Bowl 25. Right, just beauty, beauty. I still watch once a year. I watch like the NFL film special, like the 30 minute. The music of NFL films, right. the drive. That was an amazing. I mean, that that, that time kill, the, again, time killing drive to keep the Bills off the field. And that was just the first drive in the third quarter. So they beat him on a field goal, a miss, whatever. There you go with a backup quarterback. That can happen again. Then yep. goes yep. Washington, great team. Same thing frustrates the Eagles in the season. Then the Cowboys come back, and I have to put up with that stuff. It's like because that year, obviously, Cowboys ended up starting to kill kill my my early like adolescent hood, right? Right. And then it's time. The Giants win. The foot with the Washington football franchise at the time wins, followed by the Cowboys being back, and I have to put up with that. And then it's time for the Eagles. We are three and zero, going to New York. 
and Randall Cunningham breaks his fibula in tibia. Eric Allen has the most beautiful pick six ever, like a 94-yard touchdown. He ran for like 160. Hugs Randall. That's on crutches in the other end zone where he wins. The Eagles win, if I'm not mistaken, a 35 to 31 score or something of the sort. And that we finished that season eight and eight and eight. And I'm as a sports fan, we're we're nuts. We call it we. I have no 100 percent Yeah. We, we. That's it. We. Um, and uh frustration started mounting. So and you think, okay, and then Randall, my idol, and then goes those. Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb teams. And he's like, okay, we made it against the Rams. Nobody, and we had them, but we lost. And they stay on the field, say, next year we're going to take this to Philly. Don't go to St. Louis. We bring it to Philly. And then the Rondé Barber game. They close the golf and the vet. Next year's like, hey, new stadium then. That's the right, the problem right. with the stadium. Let's bring Carolina in. Freaking Ricky Manning Jr. Three interceptions. We lose to them. Then, all right. And then we Ricky, don't make Ricky it. Manning Jr., who never had any other moments ne- other than that never, interception game. Never. Never. Not sorry. It Got happens, a right? huge deal from the from the Bears, I believe, afterwards and just fell off the face of the earth. And then and then we could it could have been us against the Patriots. Everybody thought, okay, this is it. Everybody wanted Eagles Steelers to be a Super Bowl. And the Steelers kept crapping about against the Patriots. Well, the Eagles go out there, they beat Michael Vick and, and the Falcons, and we're going. And then three fumbles. Okay, actually three three turnovers we had inside of the Patriots territory. And adjusted again, the Patriots beat a team by three. And that was Jacksonville. That was my memory. I had to I had to make amends with Jacksonville going back for the first time there in a long time. So I just kind of like, yeah, we're done with this. Okay. I don't I don't I don't hold you against like I had a problem with Jacksonville for a long time. I'm not going back to the city. Um and then we go back. We like we 2008, same thing. Um, what's going on? Like we have a crappy year, we go to Baltimore. Uh, Kevin, the, the McNabb gets bold. Kevin Cobb throws like a 106 yard cut, uh, intercept, uh, pick six to Ed Reed, and then we go on our roll. We starts by being the Cardinals on Thanksgiving. We win, we beat the Giants with the Vikings, and then we go NFC Championship game. We're trailing on 24 to 6, and we're up 25 24, and then Kurt Warner to. Fitzgerald. So they've built the fan base for you. It was a microscope of what the Eagles are. They go to the NFC Championship game, let us down, come all the way back up, give us pride, only to lose at the end. So do you understand that I do not have, again, never got married, don't have no children. I maybe have, I would have a cat. Because it's independent and it cleans itself and stuff. Right. All right. They're pretty cute and funny. All right. And smart, but no pets. My family's 5,000 miles away. My <laughs> friends are scattered across the galaxy like freaking autobots so on the road. You, you, you've got the Eagles. And then, I mean, that's what I had. So, February 4th, 2018. Beautiful. Next day, I was uh, still a annual pass holder for Disney. There I was. I was at the Magic Kingdom with a bunch of degenerates, one of the most beautiful days <laughs> in the Magic Kingdom history. Uh, and then we just saw Nick Falls in a parade. So I was like, oh, my God. It was a culmination of a lot of things for me. I, just, I want you to know, I was a cast member for Disney five separate times. I went back to be a cast member at 35 years old. 
And that was what gave me the opportunity to come back to the United States the year afterwards on a job offer, unrelated to Disney, but related to a friend. It just because I was there. And I, I knew I was done with like being a annual Disney annual pass holder. I could go to the parks any day. I, I, I love theme parks, but it's just, there was a thing and he's become very professional to be a tourist at Disney now. It's a different, it's a, I was back in the day that you could work your fast passes and do a park in a day. We Brazilians are famous for like we we used to say we finished the park we do the park we we right. we, we we aced this thing we knew like any better other race color or creed we knew this Disney was our thing can't do it anymore because the system will block you from things it was a different so I I got the golden age of being a tourist at Disney when I was about to be done with my annual pass and not to renew anymore because I knew I was gonna you know eventually let me take a break from this. The Eagles won the Super Bowl and I'm there. And I'm like, this is the culmination. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, on a Monday afternoon, I'm at the Magic Kingdom thinking, yep, following a crowd saying, you know, just, <laughs> it was great. Watch, yeah, watching yeah. a backup quarterback have the greatest moment of his life. Let, listen. Second greatest. Greatest was the day before. But Listen, here we go. This man had a 27 touchdown, two interception season. Terrific. For all the Raiders fans out here um, in Las Vegas, uh, suck it in the sense that the he scored seven touchdowns. Him and Peyton Manning, like I went to the, I actually went to the Hall of Fame. Um, one one year, I just took a trip, and actually on the way back, I stopped in Cleveland, went to to to, to Ken. Um, so Peyton Manning and Nick Foles is two. Um, full uniforms were there because they threw two. They, he threw against Baltimore in, a, in an opening uh, opening game. I think it was one that like got delayed because of lightning. And then Nick Foles threw seven touchdown passes in a game, an NFL game with professionals. Granted, it was the Oakland Raiders of the Coliseum, but still <laughs> professionals. It was a bad. It was a bad Raiders moment, let's say. But he threw it. There were mo- this this man. He he had the Eagles like actually up on playoff games and we ended up losing is i think it's very invaluable like I, i've loved Jalen hurt since they won back in alabama i think people need to acknowledge more what it means to actually have a quarterback that is not the fault of the defense but it's just a factor sub, as a sub of the game you actually led your team to a to a, a lead like you did your part at that time right so nick Foles did this like in a playoff game all right so he comes back and does that? I mean, I remember the Falcons game, man. That was like a, he basically threw a pick, and it just two guys just bumped in each other, and like they, they passed towards the end of the half. And um, I, I, it was it was magical. And the following year, Alshon Jeffrey doesn't catch the ball. Like we could have been the Saints come back in there. Like this man has so you know. And I was happy for him. And by the way, before he got he went to Jacksonville because Jacksonville. Um, this he throws a beautiful touchdown pass in like week one and gets injured. Right, got that contract. The pass was beautiful. Oh my gorgeous, God. gorgeous throw. But he just so it's just a it's a great story and uh, it's a very Philly like. And I'm and now we couldn't have a more Philly quarterback, man. This is I'm my man crush is, is Jalen Hurts, man. That's it. He's that's, he's good. That's it. That, Top that three coolest people ever. That's it. That's as, yeah. As Grant Dawson wanted people to say over the weekend, that that boy's good. <laughs> you, you, 
you can't throw I was a cast member for Disney out there as just like a throwaway line in a story and not expect me to sit here and be like, all right, elaborate. Give me the give me the details on that. First and foremost, being a cast member for Disney means you work for Disney. Okay. So get this, let's get this out of the way. There's something called Disney Ease, which is the language of Disney. All right. So um I was not a cast member for Disney Entertainment. I was a cast member, meaning I was an employee of the Walt Disney Company at the theme parks. I started, um, uh, some people ask me about what, you know, sometimes you have to make some situations happen. Um, I was working for Penn State Hospitality Services. I tried to get uh, a job in a different thing, different field that I was doing. I guess I have somewhat of an experience of doing that, <laughs> trying to get a second gig. That's something that's unrelated to my main thing. And it was, I went to school for public relations and advertising. Um, eventually got like a minor in marketing just to understand because it, it's easy to be in communications and understand the business side. So I've always wanted to have that. Okay. Um, then uh, Penn State is known for a great uh, hotel restaurant management school. And Penn State Hospitality Services uh, owned the Nittany Line Inn and was just getting the Penn State Scanticon aboard being the Penn State Conference Center. So we had a beautiful inn on campus right behind the Nittany, the Nittany Lion statue by Rec Hall, good old Rec Hall, and where basketball games were in the 90s. And then this is on campus, and they had an entire conference center hotel three miles away from campus towards after Beaver State. So I got to work with those, and I got that, that experience that I think is invaluable for anyone, work behind a counter in your life. Whether it's with food and beverage, I can't because I would eat and drink the stock. I can't. I cannot deal with that. Like, I cannot be in food and beverage. Like, I would, yeah, I would just be a bohemian forever. Or might as well just, yeah, Red Bull and, and that's it. Um, I cannot do, like, I wouldn't be a server because I've always thought that, like, I was more like on the host side. Um, and no, I didn't want to work re retail either. It's just that it's a choice. But I said, I will, for the half, for, uh, I will work double the hours if it's in guest service. I think it's something that brings very invaluable skills. I saw uh, when I was working the front desk and helping out with other departments, I saw that there was, we were short staffed. And I always looked to see who was checking in that day and the companies that they were checking in from because the company was mentioned in our system in the folio. So I would check by company, the corporate reservation, and I saw if it was a company that interested me, I wanted to make sure that I was there for the check-in and create situations, man. Right. Listen, we all have our references, right? Wasn't there a movie with Melanie Griffith that she was like, uh, that she makes it in, in the city or something and goes from like being a, an assistant secretary to having a corner office back in the day? Is it Working Girl? Yes, I do. Yes, I didn't want to say Working Girl because it's a great title. But if I said, but it also girl, sounds, yeah, yes, because I'm in Vegas. So if if the guy from Vegas right. says Working Girl, I was like, no, I think you have this wrong. But isn't it work? It's Working Girl, right? I think so. The references can come from anywhere, and I think it's very important. Some of the very important things that think about this. This was back in the day. I was very young, and uh, it's very important to understand that. That references can come from people younger than you, from women when you're in a male-dominated sport. So, I mean, how cool was it that Alessandra Diego Lopez and Alessandro Costa a couple of weeks ago they talked to each other before, and they during the interview, 
He said, I just want you guys to understand that I trained with Alexa Grasso and right. Maldana. And people don't give him credit for this. They beat the crap out of me. We beat the crap out of each other, right? So that's just, it's awesome. I mean, this is a movie. Well, there's no alpha male. There's no there's no Wall Street kind of approach. No finance. No nothing. No sports reference. This is not Rocky. Go make situations happen in that movie. I was always fascinated by that because you can make situations. I'm not a believe you. Listen, you can make a lot of things. A lot of a lot of life is a, a subproduct of what you what, what was given to you. But with the stuff that you can control, you can create moments. And she had an issue that she actually needed a suite to. She was going to have to conduct interviews for advanced internships, which I eventually would have one with Disney in the future. But she wanted to have a, a room in the room. She, she wondered if we had that set up so she could have the interviews in the right. separate. I got you. We had that set up. And I was like, don't you worry. Even like the manager, like, oh, my God, would you be able to help out? I was like, oh, yes. I went to the room, carried luggage and everything. I'm in the elevator with her. She sees my name tag and goes, Fabiano. It's an Italian name. Where are you from? I was like, I'm actually from Brazil. He goes, oh, in your country, they speak Portuguese. And so you're, you're fluent? He's like, yes, yes. And congratulations, because I mean, this was the 90s, right? I had to commend somebody for actually knowing that we speak Portuguese in Brazil. Some people were still thinking that we're a capital of Brazil's Buenos Aires. And she goes, well, it's pretty awesome that you, that you uh, how, what, how, what is your knowledge of, of Brazil, right? Unbeknownst to her, I knew she was from Disney. She goes, actually, the company that I work for really needs people that speak Portuguese. Do you speak Spanish as well? And as a matter of fact, I had been, um, I had rediscovered myself as a Latino recently, and I really made a choice about like restudying Spanish, getting it, talking to, to, to just my friends were all Latinos in school. And so as a matter of fact, I do. Um, and I'm becoming more proficient for it. I'm actually going to get certification. And she goes, would you like to work for Disney? So she said, there's a seminar tonight. It's going to be a formality. You come over here. Uh, it's right across the street at the Hotel Restaurant Management School where Disney had the presentations. And it was a presentation for the Walt Disney World College program. Um, and I actually went down to Puerto Rico, actually. Uh, again, it was part of my uh, Latino rediscovery. So I had, you know, <clears throat> some things to do in Puerto Rico. So I enjoyed myself in Puerto Rico for like a week. And right after that, I went to Orlando. Still remember the first day. Still remember the day before. Checked into Vista Way, which now uh, a place that uh, a lot of people uh, can stay. Apparently, they, they turned it into a uh, apartment complex. But Vista Way was the main apartment complex out of four that Disney had in Lake Buena Vista for people from the world for the for the college program. And uh, cut to a couple of years later, I had done four or five, well, three or three at that time uh, programs with Disney. I chose Disney to be back to. Um, my optional practical training. I actually was doing it for credit to be able to work off campus as a foreigner. You have to actually do it as a class. So I was pretty much paid a part of it to work for Disney, worked extra hours as much as possible. After college, my curricular practical training was there as well. Um, worked in different departments, Magic Kingdom, Guest Relations, Disney Cruise Line Human Resources. I worked uh, with uh, Coronado Springs in the conference center, which is actually one of the largest, um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the second largest in Florida behind Orange County Convention Center. Um, and there is what I discovered translations, uh, real time problem solving, every meeting people from different cultures, understanding a certain side of 
audience speaking, public relations that, that's needed. Like you're talking to people and the family, you see the ID, you see where they're from to resolve the gas situation. They're from Cleveland. You talk some Browns, you talk some, you know, you talk baseball back in the day because I, I got through, I mean, that's when they were actually made it to the World Series a couple of times. Um, you talk things, you have references, you have the, the Hall of Fame and just been building stuff. So you just, you talk about these things. You talk about some cities. I had been, again, an exchange student. When I was an exchange student, I was in Southwest New York. So I knew some of there. So you just try to find a common ground. And I learned a lot about that. Um, and uh, there was an opportunity to come back to Disney. Uh, I was kind of sick and tired of some corporate situations. And I actually got in touch with someone that became a major recruiter there. And she started with me in the Magic Kingdom. And she, was, she used to be in Fantasyland. I was in front of the park. And she said, uh, actually, someone just had to drop out of one of our programs for alumni. Um, I will change the petition for the government, send it to you ASAP. You're going to get a visa and you're coming in a, within like, I don't know, three weeks. So here I was, 2012, in the summer, working for Disney. And it was hilarious. Like a bunch of 100 Brazilians, all of them had the program because it's a different program just to, for the tour groups and stuff. They realized that they don't need to bring 500 Brazilians. If they bring 100, they cover the ground because it's not about the families don't need it. Right. It's, it's groups. You need the groups. You need it. You need this person, these people to have more privileges in the parks to walk around and room the halls. We didn't war with we Our costume was actually just a polo with a Brazilian flag. Like that's how important it was for the tour groups. And you roam from group to group to group to group to group. That's that covers more ground than 500 cast members scattered. Um, and um, there came the opportunity to come back. Uh, and and then it goes back to a Brazilian proverb that says, uh, that's a saying that says, you're not, you're not remembered if you're not seen. And I, my compliment to that will be, you're not going to be seen if you don't get out. You're not going to stand out if you don't get out. So I, I put myself in situations and being there, which brings me to the UFC, right? I'm here. I'm, I'm in Las Vegas. I wouldn't, I would have not gotten this opportunity if I was still in Orlando. So right. I have to thank the powers that be the for, for actually having brought me into Vegas somehow, some way, someday. Right. Okay. So let's let's now transition back to translating and the UFC. Yeah. How how does this job come about? Because you have in the last three years burst on the scene all of a sudden. Here's this guy that's doing translation on contender yeah. series. And I'm seeing this guy in the black t-shirt every week. And God, he does a great job. And he's different than the other translators we've seen. How do you end up in that role? Some people, uh, they've corrected me, rightfully so, in, in, a, in, a, in a very nice way, actually, a very um, complimentary way and say, listen, translations are more associated. I've, I worked for a translation company before, and actually that, that, that fits into the how I got this. Um, but I've worked for a translation company, meaning editing, uh, localization, uh, contextual, contextual translations, adaptations, uh, business, technical, literary. Um, so translations are more on the, just like libel and slander, right? So translations are, translation, translations are libel, um, and interpreting is slander. So I need to, some people said, please call yourself an interpreter, which I think is some of the people in the broadcast that have said, like remember John Anik a couple of times and threw out an interpreter and it's like, you're right. By the way, right. John Anik today. Birthday JA. Yeah. The great former guest of this show. 
it's just it's it's my mom's birthday, my mom's 70th birthday. I'm like, oh my god, it's Jonathan's birthday. Okay, so your this is this is gonna be something that I remember. I will remember your mother's birthday for the rest of my life. It is my brother-in-law's birthday. So happy birthday, Tim Cole. It is my dear friend Harry Powell's wife, Imogen Powell. Happy birthday, Imogen, John Anik, and your mother. There you, you go. go. It's July third. Every July third, I'm sending out happy birthdays to to four tremendous people. She tagged along. She tagged along. Yeah, it's uh, she started great. it. Let's be. She she was the she was the pioneer of the force. She, she seems to she was be leading the way. Crowd. Yes. Yes. Unless Anik is hiding his age. Um, but it's, it's interesting because it, in a weekend where Michael Morales actually had, um, that, the, the, the great, he's so young, so promising, so technical, so humble. And, uh, the way he actually, he speaks so highly of his mom, it's pretty inspiring. So we all have our idols, right? So to me, I just wanted to, to open this parenthesis and say, I had to rediscover the strength of my mother, because when we lost, uh, my father, I was, I'm an only child. Um, you realize that, he, that the short Italian woman that was very shy uh, is stronger than you ever believed she was. So it's, uh, you know, go, go out there, hug your mother, tell, tell them, tell them, tell them you love them. And it's insane how it can be an inspiration. You know, your mom does not have to be like Michael Morales' mom. They just got another <laughs> medal. All right. Just, right. they all have their medals and they all, they all, they're, like like to say we're all fighters right um but the so the interpreting job came about because of the fact that um I'll, first of all here in las vegas right low being a local some of the, the that's with the ufc and been for many years there's many there are many brazilians out there and some of them from that associated with my city there are times there. Actually, there were a couple of times that it's like myself, someone from commission, a fighter, and an octagon girl, and we're all from the same city. How cool is that? Right? It's like, cool. what? It's like, we all kind of looked around. It's like, who are you in the house? So um, then the, the UFC was not going to travel for a while because of COVID. And um, due to the pandemic, obviously, there was not going to be any sort of travel or road shows or anything of the sort. And they were looking for and asking around, as one does, if you know anybody that lives in Vegas that can do this, that is not associated perhaps with, with an athlete or a team that could, or management, can we perhaps bring that person in? Well, uh, it just so happened that she was around here and said, Listen, uh, when I met you, you were working for a translating company as an editor. Right. You did workshops. And I this is something I did too. Remember that I told you about that smart guy that lives in Whistler? Yes. He very cool, very cool guy. Just again, one of the fascinating people that just have, have this life and all of a sudden they just it's a bulb, and you're like, how can you be so cool, so smart, and you actually do the business side? This man was in Hollywood in his glory days. This man works in safety prevention and behavioral programs. I mean, this is how the mind works. And he was fascinating to look at in a workshop content. Like he was very engaging. 
So I was the product and sales manager for Latin America, for Spanish-speaking Latin America. He was doing a lot of the workshops. It became a big thing now. He's doing it all over the world. He's been doing it for years. Um, so we had an idea to say, listen, it's what you're doing is very engaging. And we were, we're preaching something different than just being professional about safety. Safety is like the life of a goalie, right? You make 16 saves like, Tim, like Howard made in the World Cup in 2014. Well, one got through. Right. And Belgium won. So that, unfortunately, you get, you get, you know, people, the life of a soccer goalie is, is tough. Um, so safety is like that. You go to, at the end of the day, that stat that's in front of a company like that, or an in, uh, a plant that says, we have been such and so many right. days without. X number of days without an ex, incident. Yeah, ex, without incident or, or, or accident or fatality or whatever you want to, whatever the measurement is. And it's like the one day that it happens, there's a positive, there's a negative connotation to it. And obviously there's the legal aspect of it. Because let me tell you who don't like legal, who don't like debts in the workplace is legal. Legal don't like that. So there's always a very negative connotation to the loss of life or incidents and, 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 and any sort of, it's severance, it's all kinds of, it's, just, it's compensation. And uh, we forget safety in our homes. We forget safety in our day-to-day -day lives. And I always ask people very clearly when I did my workshops, I'm like, how many of you fry an egg wearing protective goggles? And they, I think I've never, ever had the answer, yes, I do. But yet, pools, you know, pools are uh, uh, very dangerous to children. We all know this. Um, and people tend to drive 15 miles an hour inside the corporate headquarters and they go 60 on a 35 whenever no one's looking, which goes back to human behavior, right? What are you doing when no one's looking? And we were trying to internalize this. And in order for you to do that, you have to be just as personable in your approach. And here, this man who's very personable, very funny. We kind of look like each other. People said that we were like, you know, very similar to each other. And I knew the product. I did my homework, tried to understand. I mean, the, every joke that he had, I also had scripted to like, this is to be the best joke in Portuguese and Spanish for this. So let me use that joke when it happens. Otherwise, people are not going to laugh. It's going to just fall flat, right? right? So it didn't take twice the time for us to do this, but it took about 1.5 times the time. But you get... You, 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 you provide an alternative outside of the realm of tr simultaneous translation, which is a very monotonal thing on a headphone with no preparation. They are prepared people. They are, there is a skill to that, but they are not the product manager and the sales manager for it that knows the guy. They just come in for the day. Right. They don't know. They, they're good at, they're good at interpreting and, tra and translating literally like on that part, but they're, that, it's not their bread and butter. So I was doing the mannerisms. I was I was doing the same thing that he was doing, almost like uh, you know, like church like. You know, they show those mega churches and they they show the the sermon overseas, and the guy goes and right, right down from the heaven, and this guy in the language, blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing. I thought it was fascinating because that that brought people close. So she saw me doing that. She knew to do that. She said, "I've seen you go from language to language to language, welcoming people because the people didn't know the languages and you were there just trying to bridge the gap because sometimes you have to play that person 
because all you wanted is for the parties to understand themselves. So I've seen you do all this in your professional past, previous professional life. You worked for Disney for a long time. You worked for ESPN when you were in college. And I did, I worked for ESPN college football amongst working for Beaver Stadium, Bryce Jordan Center. And I just pulled some cables and, and did anything that I could. I just went into a production truck once. I was like, what do you have for students? And I actually had some, some funny things. Well, Brad brought coffee to Keith Jackson once, which was pretty, pretty cool. Thing. Pretty cool. And Dan Fouts. Pretty awesome. Um, so I just, I was a social, I was like, put that experience in there. Send me a resume. I did. And within 24 hours, I got an email from someone that's a very, very important person in the, the part of the, the realm of live, live production with the UFC. And he was very welcoming and said, listen, I like the, the, what you can bring to the table. I think the Portuguese and the Spanish together could be a thing. Would you like to come in for a test next week? And I did. Um, but in 10 days, I was there, um, which would, you know, this was like on a Thursday. So next Saturday, I was there the following Saturday. And it was uh, Munoz against Edgar. And that was my first card. And I was very nervous. It was very silent. The look, the apex look of the black T-shirt, it was born there because I thought, <laughs> what is the cohort in society that wears the most black T-shirts in the, in the history of, like, the world? The UFC people, man, come on. It's like the, the, the Dana White look, right? So the trigger. <laughs> yeah. Where, if like, may as well dress like the boss. Yeah, I, I was like, never going to get in trouble. And it's funny because, like, so when they looked at me for the tour, and and Heidi Dean, who who was just a mother to all of us there, she, yes. she gave me the tour. I came in, I didn't know anybody there. She's like, "Oh, you don't know here?" I was like, "No, I, I don't. This is my first time." Everybody, you know, wearing masks, very silent, very, 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 everything very measured. She gives me a tour of the entire UFC, and the Apex are going to sit here, everything remote, and. Um, it's a, it's a, it's imperative to give a Heidi a hug when I go in there. Same. She's Same. Like, it's, yes, yes. Vancouver, Vancouver, one of the stops was I have to see Mama Bear and just, get yeah, out. Exactly. Just it's, it's insane. Yeah. And I think again, I, I cannot trust this enough. The, the, the atmosphere there, the people that make this the thing happen is just it's amazing. So, um, credit where credit is due, and and then uh, uh, I was brought on board by Don Fister, just someone that 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 has to deal with us and our schedules and and it's uh it's a mentor to us there um and just again wear black and it was they didn't say they're funny i think she looked at me and she said oh, i'm glad you're like dressed like they didn't say nothing about the way you should be dressed but it's because it, the show was right there in the octagon everybody right. else was right and they were like a lot everybody's in production I mean, you kind of blend into the background right right so i was like yeah, that look is kept um that year, 2020, I did three shows um, and a fourth actually towards the end of the year. Um, first time I was thrown to the fire was uh, when um, uh, so Moreno fought early under the card. Figueredo fought later in the card. They each call out on each other. They right. tell me Heidi Andrew is going to do an interview in the back um, with that's going to go on on uh, on broadcast with David Figueredo to perhaps get a fight with Brandon Moreno scheduled. And I, before my Disney days, I had just a windbreaker just for Florida rain. And I was at in the car with ESPN and black and gray. That's it. And I was like, since I'm here doing this thing, so I might as well wear that. Right. So 
I wasn't dressed for success here. I'm we're doing everything remotely. I was just like wearing like, you know, just a full black wear, just like, you know, very gym like. I just put the thing in. Hey, here I am. <laughs> like, yeah, wearing it. Works. Hey, this was not company issue. This was bought. Um, but that was the first time I did it sitting on like a director's chair. And, and again, it's like, you know, that the experience for Heidi, she didn't know me. It's just, you know, the way they're so professional, just welcoming, like they understand like what they're going to do. And then I know just the smile on their faces. It looks like I'm having a conversation at that, that moment is the first time I had that interaction. Like, okay, this is, I am having a conversation on his behalf with right. her. She is having a conversation, you know, with me to, to give it to, she, they're trying, but they look at, so Heidi looked at me, Davidson look at me. So like, right. this is something I need to, I'm, what I need to be is I need to be Heidi talking to Davidson. I need to be Davidson talking to Heidi. So that happened. And, um, Eventually, I mean, the year goes by, and then I, I always thought, no, they're not going to call me back. You know, <laughs> they're not going to need me because, I mean, the UFC is going to start traveling again. So, like, like um, this is going to be translated, like, in the cities and stuff. I don't, I don't know. I'll just, I always told my friends, like, hey, maybe I've overstayed my welcome in, in Vegas. I, I, listen, I got out of a relationship, I, which happens. Everybody has their moments. It's just, I just, for context, um, moved to downtown Las Vegas to a place that was supposed to be temporary thinking, you know, it's just a nice safe place, have a little bit of structure here, has a gym, has a pool, whatever, just has a, a nice lounge to work from an apartment is going to be my inner piece, like a college dorm, a place that no one comes into party, right. but I always come in to sleep. My dorm was right. immaculate. Like right. don't come in. We come in to watch sports and once in a while, believe it or not, many, many people from different walks of life, knew of the Transformers 1986 feature animation film. So we all, a lot of us watched that damn thing many times. So do you know. Okay? It's classic. Just, it's, it is a classic. Just one of the most classic soundtracks in the history of mankind. So that was, that was our bond. That was it. Our, my, my, I'm not a host. I wanted a place of peace. Got a nice six-month deal, five, pay on, paying for only five months, and I'm going to go back to Orlando work for my company. COVID hits within 10 days. So I'm thinking having a job is a plus and a half. Just having a, keeping your job, especially in travel, was a big thing. I um, was deemed useful and made myself useful to the company because we, for the first eight weeks, we had training all over the world in the thing that I did. So I facilitated stuff in English, Portuguese, and Spanish for all of our Americas and stuff. So I was like, okay, this is good. Feeling useful. For someone who's in the job market, a lot of people talk about like, you know, men feeling useful, men, women, everyone wants to feel useful in life. And that kept me useful. It's like, oh my God, I, I have a purpose. Purpose is great, right? Um, and then this happened towards the end of the summer. I'm like, okay. So I've extended three years later, I'm extended this damn thing like seven times. Um, but they asked me at one point, would you, how would you feel about traveling domestic? Like what? And there I was, uh, the Sonia Vittori 2, Figueredo Moreno 2, because I, I didn't do the translation for the first majority draw. And right. then, uh, I mean, look at how cool this is. I can look back and I say, I saw Leon Edwards against Nate Diaz. And that was my first event. 
and I had never been had gone on TV in the octagon because every week it was a different wrinkle, a different restriction was removed. We right. were already gone. And then I actually managed to go up to the octagon with Felder, maybe with this thing, and like nothing happened because the Brazilian fighter either lost or um, right. I, there was one time that I was going to go another chance, but I like in a knockout within 10 seconds to go. Like some that stuff happened. Right. The timing of it didn't work. There was not going to yeah, be an interview. We in just moved on. Hard. In that card, there was a loss from a Brazilian. So the first time I go up in the octagon ever to translate live on TV was when Figueiredo lost to Moreno right in front of me. To this day, crazy that I was like right there. Um, and it, to interview the losing party in there. And it was very, you know, Figueiredo was very graceful in that. In the, in yep. the, actually, it was, I mean, it goes to show like, being really nice and then it's it's uh a brandon brandon brandon's brandon's wife like come comes over like the family is very united right and it was so such a cool thing of both of them with a couple to come in and like you know it was very it was a great feeling because it was very respectful right i remember brandon's wife coming with brandon and like say just hey you know Thank you for the opportunity, the challenge. This was very graceful words to say tonight was this night. And I just thought it was very a special moment. And I got to translate. Funny thing. Uh, obviously, I'm a little taller than Joe Rogan and uh, uh, Davison. And it's loud out there, people. I now have like an earpiece, but I didn't have any. And it was loud. It was the first big event throughout the pandemic. So there are 20,000 people yelling. feels like we're in Mexico City. And when Davidson is not necessarily the loudest. No, yeah, he's a, he's a very quiet speaker. Well, towards the end of it, Joe asks him the question. And then just kind of, he says something. I, I get the thing memorized to translate. And then the microphone is between... Um, Figueredo's mouth and my eyesight. And he says, very, very, you, you don't, if you see the angle on TV, like, or, or, the, or, or on YouTube, you actually see the, right there. Like, it's, it, believe me, I'm here. I can't read lips because I, I do a lot of lip reading. It's loud or something. It's an added wrinkle. It's an audio visual for me. Lips are very important. Well, I didn't hear it. You know what I didn't hear? The call out. And let's do this a third time. You too, man. But he didn't translate the most important part. I'm like, oh my God, how do I explain this? That I didn't see or hear what was happening. But the first time I was in the octagon was myself, Joe Rogan, and Dana White holding a belt. And you just like act like you've been there before. So I just right. looked. Don't freak out. Just, yeah. I looked. Yeah. I just looked over to the side and I looked at Dana White and I said, we have the first Mexican born champion in the history of this. He goes, how cool is that? He goes, I know. All right. Yep. Adrenaline down. That was, uh, so I, and then there was the moment Poyer McGregor, um, I mean, such a special moment, right? I'm, I don't know if I have seen the last of the man. I don't, I don't whatever that was, that was a spectacle, a show. And uh, they call me for production and says, you know, the producer's going to come to you and, and and then it was jimmy and now i see him all the time and um a giants fan huge giants fan um and another giants fan megan olivi is going to come to you and they're charles Oliveira's across 
from the octagon and you know that the winner of this this is production talking to me like uh, before the the main the main event and they're going to come to you because whoever wins this is most likely going to face them so we're going to go live and talk to charles Oliveira. um jimmy comes and gets me and i go to megan who is the nicest person ever um again very welcoming just like heidi did then um the interview just flows and it's just amazing how they go and go from like their notes to being regular people and saying hi to people like being on camera that's right freaking fascinating you people don't understand like how that works so like they turn it up and like you see that thing on tv and it's like yes it's who they are but it's like it's 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 very like listen this is there's a method in that man isn't it yeah. so here I am looking at the man, the myth, the legend right in front of me. So I had never had contact with him. Uh, he's wearing the jacket. He's got the sunglasses. He's got the belt. Going like this. I'm interviewing him. And this man has got a smile and a pointy chin. So when he looks at you, it's like, oh, he's got an aura. Yes. Like I tell people how it was. That's how I met him. Right there, live on TV. With, by the way, Poyer still celebrating. Right. Should. McGregor being taken on a girder. Actually, the, if you go on YouTube and you watch the interview, it's right there. And they, they alternate with images of McGregor being taken on a stretcher. Like, and people just, yeah. And then he didn't shut up, obviously. So that was, it was loud, man. <laughs> Megan had herself. Charles is just going by whatever I'm interpreting for him. And at one point, actually, a lot of like, oh, Megan, what did you say? I actually just like I asked for a repeat. Double check, yeah. And afterwards, she was she was like, "Oh, dude, no, I could barely hear myself." So I thought it was really nice of her because, like, I mean, it's not. And that's when I met him. That's when I met Charles. And I was I told people, I was like, "Listen, again, I've been very privileged. I'm from a part of the country that's different. We we look different. We act different. We're from different walks of life, and it's the soft spoken, well spoken." killer that Charles Larry <laughs> and I just got that from those five seconds and I said like, you don't understand man that dude's got something and I, I said it to people like, people ask me how what was the most special thing it's like I hadn't even done a fight it's right. like I don't know what it was this guy is just he's got a thing and there's there's something in the way because again because the language experience, because of public relations, come calm, sports, I've always been my thing. I was like, there is something to the way that he carries himself that is very, it looks like this, this man is like media trained by the heavens. It's like, it's pretty, the way he did it. And I always told people, and then months later, here I am, you know, and then obviously I had that experience and then the people didn't know more, more, more much about the Spanish. Um, and then Contender Series came around. And then I got to be pretty much like Laura was a very busy, very busy person, which by the way, again, busy running around and still being the nicest person ever. But just at this point that in that first season that, that I did, she was actually doing the result. Yeah. She did the ring, the first couple, first couple of weeks, she did the ring announcing and then she would hustle back and do the interview. And then she would hustle back to the desk. By the way, upstairs. Right. Yeah, it's up and down. For people that don't know, I haven't been there, but I've I've talked to Laura obviously about yeah. it. She's been on the show and different things. It's up and downstairs in heels 
two different basically she had three areas where she was working yes yes hustling back and forth in heels talking to let's stress the in heels we have we we have not gone through those motions man just it was just something she they streamlined it afterwards but it's like and i'm and i was there and there were like there were been some funny moments like uh, because contender is just it, it's for, for there's an emotional attachment that you get with contender because contender sure. is, yes i mean again people when people ask me what is it what is it like to translate for people like, their fight starts way before the octagon it goes way beyond it that is a moment that can change a person's life and is the 100%. culmination right of everything that happened um Many of them from humble beginnings, they'd be literally beating up on each other and going through hardships to be there. And all of a sudden, I get to see their win, which is a first ecstasy moment, and then the contract. And you're tasked with uh, relaying those feelings. So we've had – and, and there's there, there's a different fight. There's some of them that are emotional. They cry. Some of them are ecstatic. Some of them want to – have a, like a list of things that they want to say. Right. Some of them are like, listen, it, this is this is it's my moment. Uh, to each their own. You try to be that that person for those minutes. And <laughs> I remember a couple of times that Laura said there was one week that Laura was like, I almost wanted to console you. <laughs> I was like, that's it was very emotional. So um, it it that's that's like pretty much the the trajectory that I had, right. and then obviously then I had. Um, then I had a Charles Oliveira fight and things changed. Um, and, and it, it just, that that was it. And it all came from, uh, another concept that I liked. I, and I, I always try to give credit to whom is that's due, but this one, I can't try to trace back to the first time I heard this. Right. But besides the whole, you're not seen, if you're, you're not remember, if you're not seen and, you're not you're not gonna stand out if you don't get out. I came to the conclusion that it it really doesn't matter who you know, but it matter who knows you. Right. And um it was someone that knew it don't you know, don't be afraid to share your wins, don't be afraid to share the things that you've done. Don't you, you even sometimes it involves asking people, but a lot of times it's just you mentioning that you're there because you never know when people are going to remember that one conversation that you had with them that right. may lead to them trigger something right there it's a conversation hey i just talked to this guy hey maybe and maybe you're not the person but you know a person and that goes back to the disney days do i know this no but i do know a person that may know this a person that knows it another cast member or even the procedure right always ask so um and always be there for people so it it um it was just basically someone that just, uh, and then being in Vegas again. And I, right. I was here. A lot of people have asked me about doing this. And I was like, listen, I just, I couldn't do this being in Orlando. I mean, right. maybe it feels a different situation. Like there are many right. people that come for different functions of the business and for different roles. They come in and are flown into everywhere. But I mean, I'm, I live at the apex, man. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the cost effective guy that just shows up right. whenever they ask something. Hey, well, have you on Wednesday for me today? Yes. I'll be there. Let's, right. I'll shut some some conference calls because I already have conference calls all week. And again, I start my day. We trade this past these past three three or four weeks. Do you think I, I think I did not want to enjoy Stanley <laughs> Park every morning? Listen to birds chirping and 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 
and just, you know, some boats and stuff. But I had a conference call in Spanish at six o'clock in the morning, Pacific, and a one in, in English at seven. And I got to be in that beautiful hotel room. It still was there. It's, it's, it's your job, right? Right. But um, it, it's been it's been wild. It's been wild. I never in my lifetime would I thought about this. It's crazy that it's been three years. It, it yes, and it's it's ridiculous to me how quickly years are are progressing. So I have some technical interpreter questions that I will ask eventually. There was a piece in there that you mentioned that I know you touched on and talked about a little bit when you sat down with Luke Thomas on Morning Combat, which was a ph- yeah. phenomenal interview. Everybody should go check that out. It's on Luke's YouTube page. It's on the MK YouTube page. Go go find them when we're done here. You said you need to be low. You need to be Heidi Andral for Davison and you need to be Davison for Heidi Andral. One of the things that immediately stood out for me when you first appeared on my screen was who is this dude that isn't just translating and interpreting, but is inhabiting that role. And I've, I've heard you say I get to act or, and I need to act for those five seconds, those 10 seconds, those 15 seconds, you view it as I need to play the part of this person in this moment so that it comes across to each of those parties. And I'm the intermediary going between the two roles. Where does that understanding come from? Cause that's not what we've seen. And this goes to the introduction of you are the best in the business. That's not what we've seen historically, right? We don't see emotion. We don't see engagement. We just get the words what gave you the understanding of I need to be in this role of the fighter for the interviewer of the interviewer for the fighter and convey not just the words, but the emotion and the meaning and the feeling behind it as well. The first thing is that you cannot, I'm I'm benefited by the fact that two of the most passionate cultures um, in the world are, the ones that need my services for the most part. I mean, these are Latin Americans. Uh, some speak Portuguese, some Spanish, and that just carries a lot of passion historically, inherently. The second thing is that these are fighters and they have just gone through an experience that I have not been through, whether in winning or losing, in victory or defeat, they just been through this they they went they went at it with someone and that man or that woman have gone through some stuff so they let it out and the third is that there is an understanding of the fact that those could be the valuable moments in which someone out there maybe one fan can connect to this person who is an individual in an individual sport that, yes, does have a team behind it. And believe me, a lot of people do correct you if you say, oh, it's an individual sport. Yeah, but because the teams are very – I always try, especially when the fighter goes and mentions the team by name. Right. I always try to recall those names. If they mention like seven people at home, sometimes it's like, listen, now it's getting too far. Contender series, they mention like local brands of restaurants. I can't, right. there's no, I can't. Right. right. I want to shout the out the mom and pops. Yeah. Yes. The ESPN audience, I mean, at this point, restaurant at home, my boys, whatever. But uh, just to, to do respect to all those people there, especially when they're mentioned by name, especially because they change people's lives. Um, but they, 
it, it is a, the individual, the brand is individual, right? There is a management team. There might be a marketing guy. They, they, there's a coach. There are people that that want this person to succeed. There's not just the fighter, the family, everybody. Uh, they represent much more. And if I don't want the language to be a barrier to their personality, I just, I don't, not that I want anything. I mean, who am I? But I just wanted to make sure because you have contact with these people immediately. You have contact with these people before and after. And they are people. I know yep. it's just, just mind-blowing here. Wild concept. Just, uh, I mean, news, breaking news. They they are people with funny, funny things to say, with deep things to say, with things that should be on a book someday um, or a documentary. But at that moment, they have these invaluable, like, seconds in which they can say what they want and i did commercial acting in brazil for 10 years when i when i was asked in the casting call which i went to just randomly uh if i had acted the first thing in the past i said first of all i have been in the corporate world already for roughly you know eight to ten years in the united states and here so nothing, nothing means not being someone that you're, that you are, or being someone else than being in the corporate world. Believe right. me, we're all actors every day, right? Because this whole "I love my job" could be easily, easily substituted if any of us hits the Powerball this week. All right, just chill on the productive society. All right, we were all be in a beach or on a mountain somewhere, maybe if we had all that money in the world. Let's just say things would change. Yes. Second thing is that um, I mentioned that I spoke multiple languages. And I said, you have to I have been multiple people in different situations. Speaking another language means a little bit of a reset. You can kind of be who you are, but you can be someone else if you want to. And some people reset with languages. And I tagged on the fact that I lived in, in multiple cities and worked with different environments. That I was a cast member for Disney and stuff like that. Letting it clear. Letting 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 it be known that a cast member was an employee, but I said, just I've had to act different with different people in different languages, and that's acting in itself. At that point, like the director was like, "Okay, go on." And I said, third, I'm a Brazilian single man. All right, we are whatever <laughs> right. we need to be, right. and we whoever I need to be in this moment. I, hey, what, I got it. I can me, dial right? it up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There are many musical styles which I cannot <laughs> stand for one second, but we like to say, you know, yeah. We will, we'll, 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 we'll take a lot of hits for our social lives in Brazil. So I, the, they laughed. They said that they, I laughed the way I was, um, the expressions came out on, the, on my casting call. And I was an actor for their company for 10 years. Um, they teach English in Brazil. It's one of the, probably the most, the largest English teaching conglomerate of different methods in all of the Americas. And they had a production company that actually did HD quality, uh, global TV directors and photography people like they did. And they, all they were, oh, there's going to be the new one. We're going to 48 chapters, so like months of shooting. Like it's just, and they were just moving their headquarters to my city out of Rio, three blocks away from where I was. So I became the reliable, the, the reliable guy that like, hey, can you come here and do like a thing? I'll be 
three seconds out at walk three blocks and I was there. Um, and I remember it was the first time I heard, uh, again, I'd never heard much of being reliable from, from women in my life, but I heard that from a director once and I was like, I was very happy. First time I heard it, like, I don't know, age almost 30 is like, you're very reliable. Oh my God. That's, that's, that was nice. I just thought, so the, it came a little bit from the acting and I, I don't know. I just, uh, um, you do get carried away at that moment. And it's like, listen, the interviewer is also trying to do things with personality. Right. So right. It, it's, it, and the, the, these people got jokes too. So they're, I mean, you try to translate that and how are you going to translate the joke if you're stoic there? Right. Or, or how can you translate emotion if you're stoic or interpret that? So I just, I, I was more mild. I understand I was way more mild mannered when I started. Okay, you get more comfortable. I get more comfortable talking to Bisping or talking to Felder or talking to, 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 to Cormier. Like, and now it's it, it's interesting. That progression changed too. I was like, be there, like, where do I go? And stuff like that. It's like now we're talking, talking. Listen, I go up in the octagon talking about the Eagles with Felder. So Bisping's asking me questions. Like once Bisping looked at me right before the interview, like he's got he has the questions. Like, and now we it's I feel more valuable to it. It's the sense like he asks, oh, can you help me on the pronunciation of his nickname or something like that? Or say, what was it? They asked like extra information. Like, or even I told them like once, uh, I mean, simple stuff. Alan Puroso, Charles's team, um, Alan Asimento actually had a picture. They just pulled out of, you know, I think Diego Lima had a picture. That was a picture of him and his father. His father passed away 15 days before he lost in Abu Dhabi the year before. So he gets a win. He just pulls and I just told Bisping like randomly, like they didn't know production wasn't right. It wasn't, was expecting it wasn't a thing that was expected. It's just no, like, he just pulled it off. Like an air out my, my homework, the things that I do about, about the things that could happen. So I just touched Bisping like, listen, uh, by the way, that's a picture of his dad. That is that that is he's holding a picture of his dad who passed away 15 days before his loss in Abu Dhabi last time. So this is the first time he fought with a full camp after the passing of his father. He goes, shit. And then this one was, yeah, yeah, the interview, the interview, the interview, which, just, by the way, right. Hey, talk about a guy who just, I mean, it's, it's, it's the dude is like Hollywood star action guy, family. man. It's hilarious. Like, and this one goes, Hey, that's, that's going to change a little bit of the interview here. So let me, let me go. And then he mentions it in the interview because, and, and then Alan Danimi, by the way, I was there kind of asked before that time because, and some just, I, to so everyone, I do not want to be there all the time when I'm not needed. Some fighters have actually expressed the that it will be that they would like me to be next to them to understand questions. Right. It's sometimes sometimes it makes say, people more comfortable, right? And, yes. and the ability to when they want to pivot out, when they want to. I know I've done it a ton of times with Zoom interviews or phone interviews where somebody will be speaking in English with me. Everything's fine. And then one question comes across and it's native tongue translated to whoever is with them. Then we get an answer back from either the interpreter or the individual directly from is able to be like, oh, okay, now I know what you mean, but it's, yes. it's helpful. It provides that. I mean, not to call you a safety blanket, but it provides that safety net, right? It provides that understanding of if I need something, I have the resource here. 
and it, it goes well on, in the interview front. It goes well for the fighter. Again, you talked about level of comfort. And then it culminates with Natalia Silva speaking English a couple of weeks ago. And Bruce go, we don't need to translate. I might leave. Off you um, went. But then, I mean, she felt comfortable. Right. And at one point, she looked at me, how do you say this? Like this. <laughs> it's like, right. It, I mean, Paulo Costa, man, he speaks perfect English. Yeah. Paulo Costa speaks perfect English. He makes jokes. He's a mean king. Like, this dude was humble enough at, in that fight when he actually fought Rockhold in Salt Lake City. Um, and we all watched. Um, it, it was actually it was a pretty cool moment because obviously one one wants to be there by the octagon, but I was helping him out uh, with PR. And I just at that point, he was taking a shower and the Apollo Costa shower is a Apollo Costa shower. Right. So it's man. And he's taking a sweet time. They knew it. And anyway, nothing's going to happen during the fight. So I'm watching. Leon and, and, and Kumar go at it. And I'm right here. Uh, Aljo is like, Evie is with me from now uh, our great Evelyn, who's now uh, uh, a UFC Pipe Fight Price Brazil fixture. Um, I'm watching it with her next to us is Aljo just sitting. And Marab comes over because Marab, basically, Marab had just retired Aldo, all right? Yep. <laughs> right there. So Marab's always being Marab, the coolest guy right there. He's got the heads, got the whole thing. He's like, hey, brother, how you doing? Like, they were both watching. He's with Aljo. And behind me is the coolest moment ever. I get to see a, almost like a Formula One kind of thing when I'm watching the, four, the, 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 the last round, right? And then a 4-1 fight, that's what I mean, right? The, by all accounts. And I'm looking, and right behind me is everyone from BJ Sport. How cool is that? First of all, they're cool people. They're they're funny. They they they. That was a moment, right? So I get to watch Headshot Bang, and I look back, and I see an entire country celebrating in the, right. in the microphone. So it was the coolest thing ever. So that night we go to the uh, afterward. Obviously, everything is done. They're celebrating, and and then. Um, some of my colleagues that uh, some of the people that I can call colleagues because you know we work together and I'm, obviously I'm not staff from the UFC but uh, some of the people that are uh, from dot com and from I social I understand completely uh yes uh so uh they remind me of the records from like Anderson Silva that were about to be by Kumar and like well this is pretty freaking right. historic so I'm I'm about to go with uh with Paula to um to the press conference afterwards. And I'm just there, just sitting, because one of the things that I try to do is, first of all, I always say I'm here to help, right? So it's not to for the to say that the fighter is not going to answer. Many times I'm there because if there's media from another country, for example, now Yair and Brandon don't need me, right? But I'm always there. The interviewer like, might. What if the media yes? Might. So, and they have the right to ask the question. In pure four four, some Mexican Spanish, and the answer for the content to be in Spanish as well. But for everyone, there may be a tidbit that maybe somebody can pick up, right. and so they don't repeat the question or something of the sort. So it's just I'm there to help, literally. So I was there just in case the Brazilian media was going to ask us some some of the people, the people who are in Salt Lake City. But Paulo just looks at me and he's like he goes, "No, no, no. What, what's that word?" I'm like, "That's so humble. That is so cool." Like the fact that like they don't mind, as you said, like a safety blanket for something. And I was just yeah. basically there for other stuff. So yeah, it's a, 
it's a it's a pretty interesting thing. But people are trying to get me out of the job, man. So Natalia speaking English. Charles rolls out six sentences. What the hell's going on? What the heck? You mentioned the moment with Natalia Silva. Great viral moment. We had a moment this past weekend. Uh, Joe Anderson Brito decides, I'm just going to lay in to Dan Ige. What? Like just just decides just, in the moment. Does gets a great win. Does his dance. Seems like a happy, jovial man. Very much so. And then the microphone goes in front of him, and it's just essentially motherfuck Danny Ige. Pretty much. I mean, are there any points for you ever where it's just like, nah, I can't say that. I'm no, I gotta, I gotta edit this up a little bit. There's a lot of shit that turns into crap. There's a lot right. of, you know, yeah. And there's a lot of caralho that I say, damn. It's like, you know, um, you, you have to, you know, you have to, to change. You just clean up things. Okay. Um, but that one was interesting because Joe Anderson was my first, Hey, can you come here? Like it was a Sunday morning. Joe Anderson's in town. For contender series, something called the feature shoot. So the, yep. before contender series, there were the feature shoots for all those fighters. Joe Anderson was my first. So it's interesting because I've known this guy since the first day that he was doing all the, the interviews for contender. I've seen him fight. I understand his life story. Um, and uh, the, the coaches always said, "Wait, you're you're for a lucky charm. You've been there since since the first one." So I know like the guy. Like I know he's funny. He's got things to say. He's electric. And uh, I just thought it was hilarious that he just went <laughs> off. And like, out of all people. Out of all people, Danny. Like, what? Like, who why who rolled with it well. To Dan's credit, and I think I said this on my podcast yesterday, Dan, Danny Gay rolled with it well of, like, jumping on Twitter and posting the 50 Cent meme of, like, why are you talking about me? <laughs> like, <laughs> Hell did I do? I'm just sitting here at home watching fights, and all of a sudden, what some do you dude, mean? What some do dude you decided mean? to just come after me. Yes, I thought I it was hilarious. No, it's hilarious. And and then actually, the funny thing is that that's now a meme, dude. ESPN of MMA, and, yeah, of it, you ESPN and MMA, each other though. Well, no, they got how? I mean, this is the this is the most unreal stuff, right? So, talking about BT Sport, like they put me on their social media and use me as a collaborator for a post. I was like, what? Like for when Charles spoke English, uh, which I thought it was the nicest thing. Uh, and again, behind social media accounts, there are people. And it's awesome. I never thought in my lifetime that I was going to know some people that, that, that represent like now with the, not just the rise of social media, right? Talk about the rise of, Listen, the rise of social media is something that happened years ago, right? You, in, it is the age of social media. Right. Sorry. Right. Um, the, this, we live in a social media world. And for me, it's a, this is like linear. Like, like social media is like linear years ago. So, like, I'm looking at these people like, oh, my God, I know BT Sport. <laughs> and then ESPN MMA, ESPN MMA goes and puts my last name. This is the first time the, my last name was ever, like, mentioned in any capacity like that by, um, like, Put Bousquet and this the look <laughs> Bousquet and Bisping's face, and I was like, people are coming to show the, the thing to me. I'm like, oh my god, like I never thought it was gonna. Um, it was interesting to actually weird to see my family name there. Um, but it became like a viral moment because both of us looked and really like I was like, did I just hear that? Like, oh, oh, that's what you meant. So it 
could, you know, to some people it sounded like, where did you learn that from? But um, yeah, we were like, well, <laughs> and the thing is like, this thing is just as expressive. Like he's like, yes, yes. He's not somebody that is going to dial it back and deadpan that he is going to steer all the way into that turn. And, and by the way, just uh, as someone that now consumes this thing, just uh, because of all the travel, all the, 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 you know, the sleep cycle and stuff like that, I decided to get like, cause Vegas, I got like an IV a couple of days ago. So some of the okay. people, was like, I, hey, hey, the, the, the generous and the drunkards are getting this. You, you won't hear me knocking it. It makes right. 100% sense. So I said, I let me see what's going on. Don't want to say I did my research. But like I just kind of walked, looked around and see what people are doing. And then there's like some vitamins with vet, uh, 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 vitamins and boosters and stuff like that. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe. So let me see. I'm always on the strips. Like, there ain't nobody coming here to my temple. Right? I'm going to go to the strip. And I went, it's like, this was like a, well, it was my self pampering moment, right? I did three things. One, I got a haircut. I needed it. I hadn't cut my hair since like April. Two, I got the IV. Three, I went to watch Transformers because I had to. Okay, listen, it's just I had to. All right, it's my a moral obligation to watch Transformers in a movie theater person of a certain age you absolutely have to thank you so i had plus this new generation of stuff it's just kind of bringing me back because it's like all g1 stuff and it's pretty fun and they're doing a great job bumblebee is a great movie and this was this was fun a lot of kids moments but uh fun 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 movie fun movie just uh i think we have uh we're all suffering from avengeritis or avenger infinity itis uh must we have a major battle on a sunset full of like a major alien structure right in a almost like a query or something like this and then the world is about to end and another thing is about to enter the realm of our world i think we're can we just have like maybe like scourge like can we have like a good old one-on-one hey yeah i love so i love the event i love the marvel cinematic universe i've enjoyed it all but agree wholeheartedly. Can we just get, can we get for every Marvel? Can we get one like drama? Can we get one quality comedy? Good. Can we get one quality rom-com? Like, yeah, I mean, a good, and, a good thriller, a good noir, a good detective you know flick. I'll like, take, I'll take airport airport scene. That was good. That was like a four, five on five. Yeah. The airport wasn't like Berlin or something. Hey, yep. we like, why that was good that was some context that yep. was very comic book because the comics everybody who's a comic fan knows like there's a lot of like people took dark turns like superman was not, like they, people got they had issues sometimes the superheroes fought each other it wasn't just the villains so there was like right. a lot of free agency going on back in the right day. Like, what's like i just thought you know that was that was a good one plus <laughs> novel concept daylight i could see the entire battle <laughs> No one's beating the crap out of 115 beans at the same time. Like you're right. I mean, at one point in Transformers, RC is riding on the rhinos. Like, easy. Come on, let's take. <laughs> can we have a riding on the rhino? Like maybe in Africa. Let's do right. this. So yeah, it's a little yeah. too much. But I I go and I walk the strip. So for Vegas reference, I live downtown. 
above a bar, as one does, right by the container park, right by El Cortez, and I walk all the way down to, like, the airport in Mandalay Bay. It's a long walk. I like to take long walks. Some people like long walks on the beach. I like to see degenerates coming out of casinos. Um, it's, it's hey, nothing, nothing for all the New Yorkers out there, all the people from the cities, nothing makes you understand the city and how your surroundings more than walking around and going into to some places, right? Uh, and nobody ever found a bodega by driving around. But that's hey, right. That's that's the point. So um, I walk to like uh, one of the casinos, not to like give brand away. Like I went to one casino, like hey, this location is closed, but we're gonna put you in the other one. Let's go over there. I get there, really well treated. Got the thing. Got a boost, the, the, the a push or whatever. And they had like a TV with YouTube. So here I am getting an IV for two hours watching free fights. I'm watching Pantosha Moreno. And I'm like, it, it, it as, as I said, someone I've, I've been consuming a lot of this damn content, man. It just, it, it gets you. You start looking yeah. at fights. Yeah. Like there was just a breakdown of Volkanovsky broke, breaking down the fight against Islam. So I'm dying to watch that. Um, I get to see the embedded guys go after everything it's like it's like i said every damn week i just I see felipe Thanasis, chris mitch they're just following people around and then i get to see the end product like right. i watched countdown and the reason why i'm saying this like i try to watch everything it's like you don't watch breakdown and, and the lines like it's everything um uh the bisping documentary like I actually, I saved, I saved the time to watch the Bisping documentary on a flight, as one does when they travel. So that was a fun. It was, it was pretty interesting, and it was surreal to have seen him that weekend. And guess who was there? His family. Like his father was there. A man that I said, "You look like like he actually looked like Alfred, very <laughs> Alfred." Ba- yes, it's. And I walked as dad. It's like, do you know what you kind of look like? I was like, yeah, because it was the accent. You sound like it was, but it's insane to actually be with these people that, you know, but, um, before the cruise Cheeto fight in San Diego, I, I wanted just to find it. I mean, I, I was going to try to find it, but I'm in all town, San Diego, tired, obviously job travel. I mean, we've been, we've been traveling around a lot. August. It was post Singapore, post Austin. Right. You Salt Lake City is gonna be crazy. I get to San Diego. I was like, I worked my day job, and I was like, I'm gonna go. Oh no, that day was a a, a media day, like a long, long. I was with Yasmin Haregi until like six thirty. This is a long ass media day. I get to the room, take a shower, and I'm like, Yep, I need one night of sleep in this beautiful bed. And I turn on TV, and the MMA gods. This I shit you not. This was a minute into the thing that I wanted to watch. That documentary between Faber and Cruz. That shows them interacting and how their rivalry came about, which I thought it was great. It's like MMA history. And I got to watch that. I was like, you start consuming all this content. And I'm like around these people now, which is insane. Right? Yeah, it's a, this is the part that I just don't I'm, – I'm, I'm having come to grips with. Every time there's like a documentary on one of them or like a special or something, I need to watch it because it's like 
now I can see more of who you were. And it all started for me because of uh, um, the Anderson Silva documentary. Like Water. Um, like Water, um, which I thought it was interesting because as a public relations graduate, I look at that and I thought at the end of that documentary, I appreciated Chell Sonnen a thousand times more than I ever did because this was the villain to us. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, oh my God, this man, because of the wrestling culture, probably the strongest culture of all. People talk about jujitsu. I mean, I went to Penn State, man, and I was went to school in Southwestern New York. Wrestling has a culture, a yes. relentless yes. culture. So it was insane to see that the Oregon background and the fact that like he, he understood the business, he understood promoting a fight. He understood the WWE aspect. Yeah. Of, of, and the, it was like, the thing to- Chael gets better than anybody and got better than anybody was okay. Cause he was, and, and I honest, so I have a piece coming out this week on Anderson because of hall of fame. Yes. Okay. And so wrote in there about, here's this guy that, right. Like, the fights he won to become the number one contender, they weren't great big fights. It wasn't over great big names. Chael was just kind of a guy. He had been around. He'd fought some people. He was a good fighter, but he wasn't a guy that you thought, man, I really can't wait to see Chael Sonnen fight Anderson yeah. Silva. And he understood kind of what you have said throughout this a couple of times. Nobody's going to care unless they see me. And nobody's going to see me unless I put myself out here and he walked out and was like, here's everything. And he's cribbing from pro wrestling and he's taking shots out here in Vancouver at the Nogueras at Brazil. And it instantly put a country against him. And as soon as that happened, it was this fight is now this fight that wasn't going to be a deal because Anderson wasn't a huge star. Everybody had respect for him. Yes but he wasn't this gravitational pole guy. And all of a sudden this mouthy American dude from Westland, Oregon makes it into a massive fight. And here we go. Some people Ch- never care better than anybody. Some people never care for Batman. First of all, cause he was just a rich guy. Second, no, no, no abilities, right? No special no superpowers. Yes. Yeah. Or superpower whatsoever, but and in a mild manner, just very, dark and whatever and then came the villains and i remember when i was i wasn't that much like i was i like comic books but not like the serious ones and i went to when i was a kid i went to one of the shops though you know the new stand in brazil and i was like okay so today i'm gonna shift a little bit i'm not gonna get like funny comments and i went to like more of the more like the more more elaborate comic sections and it was a little thicker book just a red can still find it actually i found it and it's the just nice glossy finish it's like oh i'm gonna take this my dad even like is that is that what you want like yeah i thought it was interesting never had that experience of what maybe some transformers comics some gi joes but not that it was the origin story of the batman villains just the like a cup and it was deep it was like what this is adulting. I'm, I'm, I'm. It was great, and it made me appreciate the whole Batman situation more. Right. So you get a guy 
that was again mild manner soft spoken low voice the energy was just that me in the act just a technical assassin right and not the sanya right but without the brash personality right right but it on the neocon is so technical then you get that and i saw that documentary back at home and it, it was a it was a multiple fascination for what was going on and i was like oh shit this guy channel just gets it get and gets it and i was like yeah this is a perfect antagonist and i bet, bet he doesn't mean shit what he's saying like all the bad stuff like right he's like, right. like he's doing the right thing right. and i just started looking at that I was like you need to know how to promote a fight that's it and there's it that kind of turned me up you asked me like about like your anime fandom and stuff like that thing turned me on to like they're doing the thing here there there's this is a country and then obviously I go to that, that there was I watched one of us, one of the the innocent, the, the innocent show, a fight of the, uh, in Orlando. Remember how people like hated him? I was like, yeah. And then it came back full circle because as I became an adult, some people that I couldn't stand in the past, I have an amazing <laughs> appreciation for yes. them. For example, I, did I like Steve Sparrier? No. Now, genius, genius. He said the best. This is this is inside joke. You gotta know English. You gotta know college football. And I'm not going to explain it to you because this is for is our joke. This man once in a press conference said, you can't spell citrus without UT. And people need to understand how bowls work and exactly what it meant to go to the citrus ball instead of the SEC championship game. And that because Tennessee can never be Florida and still can't for the most part. And I just thought that that man who I thought was an asshole right. was like, yeah, I didn't like you because I was at Penn State and you guys were like ranked with us and we beat Ohio State. You lost LSU and I celebrated your loss. But now I'm like, yeah, Florida's pretty cool. I get it. I still like Miami because I just like the fact that they're just so cool. Um, never been a <clears throat> much of a Florida State sympathizer. I will go to Tallahassee if I win the Florida lottery because you have to take the prize. You have to go get to the Capitol. <laughs> I always tell people, if you see Fair me post Tallahassee, you're not going to see much of me after that. <laughs> Uh, but it was just Nigel Mance. Like I'm not, I'm not a Formula One fan by no means. Okay, but I grew up on Senna, and then there was right. Senna was not an interesting personality. Right. This man had absolute. By the way, Vanilla. I like Vanilla. I love Vanilla. Do not dishonor Vanilla by calling him Vanilla. This man was not. This is not. <laughs> this is not. I'm sorry, Ayrton right. Senna. There's nothing on record of this man saying anything interesting, which is a it's just a lot of Brazilian Formula One drivers follow that. Nothing. There's not not there. It was a, just a man of like he let you know the driving do the talking. Right. Right. Just very much. But then Alan Post, Nigel Mansell. Like I'm like I'm looking back. It's like now I appreciate you. Right. You need a bad boy. That's why, like the, the even like the the Canes back when I was young was like, that's a little too much. Like hell no, that's great, especially if you keep beating up on Florida State. But it's like it's like I I, I admired that now. I look back and I was like, man, those Knicks were something, weren't they? <laughs> that's right. And I hated right. them because I was a Jordan fan all the way. The uh, very special moment when I was in um, Madison Square Garden because that to me was like. Like I was like in awe, like I was like walking around. It's one of the guy. spots I still need to get to. It's 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 insane because when you're there, you keep you look at the ceiling and it's like, this is the garden. And then there was no foreign 
um, TV broadcast. So when there's no foreign TV broadcast, I'm there in the octagon. And I'm like, I'm sitting right here in the middle of this temple of sports. To each their own. Some people love music. They love the arts. Like, to me, it's sports. And I'm like, when I... Okay, now it's back to Delta Center in Salt Lake City, but it was vivid for for a while. And I was there, and I was like, telling people, do you understand this is where Jordan stole the ball <laughs> and had the shot? Right. They're like, holy shit. Yes. Like, we're yeah. it's all around here, people. Yeah. This is like... You know, it's the opposite of like an Indian burial like territory. Like this is this is this is good stuff. This is good vibes. And then uh, I was walking around the New Yorkers in the, in the Madison Square Garden, and it's just like, man, the garden. It's like, isn't it beautiful? Like, yeah, yeah. This is the place where Jordan scored like fifty-five a couple of times. They're like, got this. Yeah, that's that's not the memory that they want to talk about. But it was a it's a temple, and I recommend I highly recommend that you go to a car there because there's a vibe. Yeah, it's it's on the list. It's certainly on the list. My boss Tom Gervaisi would very much like me to come out to one of those shows. So maybe we'll make that happen one of these years. Not making any guarantees. You mentioned the '90s Knicks. Shout out to Chris Herring, phenomenal book about those '90s Knicks. If you haven't read it, go read it. Or next time we cross paths, I will put it in your hand because it's here on a bookshelf somewhere. I will uh, let they're, you... they're fa- they were fascinating. They were they were amazing, and the book is terrific. Chris is a terrific writer. We have been doing this for over two hours now, and I greatly appreciate your time. I will let you go on a technical question because this is something that fascinates me. I love words. I love people's processes. What is sort of your process for going into translation, interpretation, both pre-getting in there and then in there on the moment? You mentioned a little bit. You do read lips. It is also listening, obviously. What sort of the way you work through all of what you do because on camera it's seamless okay. uh, it's the, the, it's the final product which always has to be polished has been has been coming in okay um it's first of all trying to understand exactly what happened uh i go through like and i tell the tape before i just look at you know i go back to my notes like okay this is what they want this is the person i call out what is the ranking if the athlete wants to probably call within the ranking okay he's number 15. i should be ready that has not happened but if for some reason someone asks the question in the octagon it goes i don't know man who's like 14 15 it's like, it's like a, it, before somebody has the notes i probably will know because i just try to memorize just to say hey is that that we want to fight okay yeah 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 that, that name just in case the name is not there uh because you don't want to screw up the name that's the one thing that i try to because if they call out something i don't want to be the guy that like oh he didn't even know the name of like somebody um so I look at those notes. I look at the weight as well because they might shift weights. It's just, listen, no one needs to know everything at all times. You just need to not even pretend to know. You just, can you know what you need to know at that moment? That's what's really important. When someone mentions weights, listen, I'm not a machine that, comp, that converts Fahrenheit to Celsius <laughs> and pounds to um, to kilograms. So when someone just yells out 66, 70, 70, I'm like, I got this on the pounds. But not because I'm converting, because I remember this the the the, the divisions that this person might might fight. So I, that's just what I try to know is that basic. Okay, just I try to prepare myself in that in that sense. Sometimes it's very clear cut. Just fighters just starting the career, whatever. Not going to say a name, but when it gets the rankings, you're like you want to know that. Once you get to the octagon, you listen in, you read the lips, 
and this happened actually kind of i blanked out a little bit in the back and backstage because doing um, uh helping zach with social uh interview for 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 dot com and michael morales went off on something and i had to stop it wasn't live obviously and i'm like okay and then i went off because i needed to know the starting point and Michael is very convinced, like he talks a lot about a different subject. So like I needed to know, I need to have a starting point. And the starting point is like from there I go. So I have to have that first starting from, because I'm not saying that everything else after that is BS. That is my cue. I'm not right. going to make up stuff after that. But that is like, oh, that your memory, if it doesn't betray you, like remember what he said after that. So that's a good start. So I, the first sentence First words, they're important. And because of the fact that I'm a visual person and I've been working in the corporate world forever, I put it on a PowerPoint. I put it on a visual PowerPoint and I try to try to put down bullets. And if if a person says a name, words that matter, I put it in bold because they repeat, they're being repeating a lot. And if it's uh, a name of a person, I try to put it in capital letters. That is my process. And if I look back and if I hopefully get through the slides without screwing up, I'll get to the end of the slide and I'll throw all the bullet points. And I just, that's, that's what I'm trying to do in a microcosm. I just try to put it into a visual. And um, what I realized when I was explaining myself about this is that it asked about the acting and everything else. It makes it so much easier when you're being that person because you're just trying to internalize. And basically, I just read, I just watched a scene and I'm just trying to redo it as, a, as if I was acting as that person. It makes it easier to, to remember. This is the, this is the, like a part. I'm, I'm doing a reading for a part and I need to be the fighter for that side. It, it just helps me memorize. I'm not doing it because like, oh, he wants to show off or something. Like that. No, right. It's just like, there you go. And the manual is like, I, sometimes it clicks that when he did this, he said something. And it's just a cue. Everything is like cues. So you don't screw up. Hopefully, hopefully you don't screw up. Well, everybody screws up every once in a while, but you haven't had many screw ups. It has been a terrific three years. It has been a terrific two hours and change. I greatly appreciate your time. Before I officially let you go, let people know where they can follow the travels of Fabiano. <laughs> uh, first of all, apparently I'm I'm in the Apex every weekend, so just stop. <laughs> I'll be there doing something, or my voice will be heard. Stop somehow. by the UFC Apex. I had be eight. There. No, I had like eight fighters this past week. I had eight fights out of the twelve. Um, so that was that was a busy one. Um, it's just my name. Uh, I um, I have a Twitter account that I post one thing or another. I post stories on Instagram when I'm there. It's the same thing. It's just my name. Hit me up. And if I don't get to you, believe me, because sometimes like there's a lot of people trying to sell me crypto. There's a lot of people <laughs> trying to validate to, to you know wanting you to, wanting you to be spokespeople for their for their sunglass company. That's the one I'm getting currently. The, the, oh, really? That's that yeah. that and they want my dog to represent their brand. You you got it better than me. All I get is like uh it's funny. I also like, get a lot of foreign women that want to be my partner. Oh yeah, they they, they just moved into town, right? Yeah, and they really wanted yeah. to know. Me. Yeah, I got that. Like, I, it's funny. Like five women just moved into town this past. At week. least now like, they oh. call me handsome. That was nice this this morning. Hey, handsome, how are you? And I was it's like, a good, hey, it's it, it I have proof. Good. 
Yes, yes yeah, I, I get that too. But it's basically just it's a, um, you can hit me up, and if again, if I don't get to you, it's because it's it's a, there's a lot. And I have a job, and I try to stay off of stuff and, and answer. And um, I've tried to help people connect connecting with with other things. I just I don't have access to people understand. Like I don't have access to fighters. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not UFC HR. Uh, I but I'm just there to thank you for the compliments. A lot of people reach out just to say nice things. And I just think even like through LinkedIn and they've said those things. It's a, it's a pleasure. It's been again, a, a pleasure and a privilege uh, these past three years. And it's been uh, a pretty cool conversation. I mean, I, I talk a lot as that's, that's sorry. <laughs> no, that's the purpose of this. That's, but thank you. Thank you for giving me the platform to, to talk. I just want to share the, the, the because there's been, I've been very thankful for all the, and grateful for all the, the help that the people remembering me um, and that remembering me and when when it when it mattered and giving me opportunities just like this and um, and by the way Vancouver is a beautiful city and you have it made when you actually look out the window and I if I were you I was uh, same thing when I we're done thinking, I'm just gonna pull the shade up and look out at my mountain as exactly my, 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 my mountain my mountain Mount Baker, yeah. my mountain, out front of there my window. Know. That's that's okay. it. And I, beautiful place. Uh, hope to see you on the road sooner than later. Hopefully, hope you, hope you pick a, you know one of the good places. We've been we're going everywhere, and let's keep in touch. This was, this was Follow place. him on Instagram. The stories are worth it. You get good shots. You get behind the scenes. It's great times. I wanted to do this long before we met. I wanted to find a way to reach out when we met this became automatic within instances it was like oh i've known this dude forever yes it did feel like it when you were it, it was pretty awesome it was pretty awesome. all the yeah, things you bad. see from this man on television the genuineness the earnestness the emotion that he conveys it is real it isn't an act it isn't performative he is this good dude as dan helly said great dude great translator thank you for doing this for fabiano i am spencer this has been a conversation with We'll see you next week.